Well tonight, we're gonna have a pizza party Pizza party, pizza party, pizza party, pizza party, pizza party, pizza party to hang out with them. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Gimme Pizza, American Ashley podcast. I'm your host, Amity Hansen, and it's Mary-Kate and Ashley's birthday, you guys. Okay, right now I am recording this on June 11th, so it's not Mary-Kate and Ashley's birthday right now, but by the time you're listening to this, it will either be Mary-Kate and Ashley's birthday or it will be past Mary-Kate and Ashley's birthday. But time is an illusion, so whatever. Mary Kay and Ashley are turning 33, or if you're listening to this after June 13th, they will be 33, which is like an angel number. I'm just going to say 33 is a good number. I've heard very good things about the number 33. I've heard it's a holy number. I mean, any age Mary Kay and Ashley are, it's a holy number in my book. But I don't have a guest today which is pretty weird. I've never done a solo episode before. Usually I always try to have somebody on, but I slacked and did not book a guest in time to record this for their birthday. Of course, I mean, I'm very last minute. Anyways, I decided to read Mary-Kate Ashley, Sweet 16, Wishes and Dreams, cover to cover. So This is number two in their Sweet 16 book. I cannot, for the life of me, find the first book. I have it somewhere. I think I may have left it at somebody's house. I tore, I honestly tore up my apartment looking for the first book. And I have not read um, any of their books in years. I mean, I did do an episode where we read a couple of the two of a kind books, but. I have not read Mary Kay and Ashley's Sweet 16 Wishes and Dreams in a very long time, probably since it came out in 2002. So this is an antique, basically. This book is, um, it's well-loved. It's, I mean, who knows? Maybe I never even read it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I didn't read half of the books that I have of theirs. Um, on the cover, it says win a party plus a birthday phone call from Mary Kate and Ashley. And I always wonder, did, did anybody even get those prizes? I've never heard of someone, you know, contacting me and been like, I won one of their contests. I won the phone call. I won the world party. I won the Mary Kate and Ashley, blah, blah, blah. Nobody has ever mentioned it. I've never seen an article about it. If you've won one of these contests, please reach out to me. You can email me. You can instant message me on instant message. What is this? 2002. You can DM me. You can message me on Facebook. I want to hear from you. That is like, that would just be a dream, right? Okay. But I'm excited to read this. I mean, we'll see how this goes. I haven't done this before. Hopefully the page crinkling isn't too annoying. Um, But this book, um, let's just like read, you know, they don't really have a synopsis on the back of this, but there is a countdown to our best birthday ever calendar on the back. And it, of course, is June, the month of June, the holy month. Um, And it says the party is on June 1st. 
Invite boys. Two, or June 2nd, find place to have party. And I really love that they want to invite boys before they even know where the party is. I mean, of course, you invite boys before you have invitations, duh. And then the fourth, invite more boys. The sixth, pick up birthday dresses. The eighth, call about flowers, DJ, food. Ten, the tenth, break up with Ben, question mark. And the eleventh is their driving tests. Exciting. And then the thirteenth is our birthday. And then the 18th, they have it scheduled to send thank you notes for presents, which is nice. I mean, I I will say that I rarely ever um, send thank you notes, which is a bad habit. I mean, you should always send a thank you note. Okay, so Mary Kate Ashley, Sweet 16, Wishes and Dreams by Kathy Clark. And let's just dive in. Let's just dive right into it. Hopefully, you know, I do a good job at making sure I read this well. I mean, I, okay, let's start. Okay. Chapter one, calm down, Mary Kate. I opened my purple notebook to my sweet 16 party to do list. Here's what we have to do. If we just follow this list, everything will be all right. Together, we read the list. One, go to post office, get invitations back. Two, call Wilson. Three, redo the guest list to include boys. Four, mail out new invitations. Mary Kay pointed to the first item on the list. See, we already have a problem, she complained. How are we going to get the invitations back? They're sitting in the post office right now. The city bus lurched to a stop and a, at a red light. It was Friday afternoon, and Mary Kay and I were rushing to the post office. Our planning... Party planner, Wilson Miller, mailed our party invitations that afternoon. Wilson was planning our sweet 16 as a favor to dad. You would think that throwing a party would be easy with the help of a professional planner, but Mary somehow Mary-Kate and I made it very complicated. At first, we wanted to have an all-girl sweet 16, so we invited 50 girls. <laughs> oh, my God. The invitations addressed to those 50 girls were sitting in the post office, ready to be delivered. But then Mary-Kate and I changed our minds. We wanted to invite her boyfriend, Jake Impenna, and I wanted to invite my new boyfriend, Ben. How can we celebrate our sweet 16 without them? So we wanted to uninvite half the girls and invite 25 boys. The problem is, we didn't tell Wilson in time. And once the girls received their invitations... There would be no way we could uninvite them. That would be mortifying. The bus stopped in front of the post office. Mary-Kate looked determined. Operation Rescue the Invites Begins, she announced. Next, a mail clerk behind the counter called. Ashley and I sprinted up to the counter as we approached the clerk. I noticed that she was wearing a yellow smiley face button on her cardigan sweater. She had another pin next to it that said, Service with a smile, guaranteed. Hope she was friendly and cheerful as her sweater said she was. May I help you? The clerk asked. Yes, thank you, Nancy, I said, sneaking a peek at her name tag. We have a problem. We're having a sweet 16 party in a few weeks, and someone just dropped off the invitations here to be mailed. But there's a huge mistake on them, so we've got to get them back. 
Hey, I think I see the invitations right over there, Ashley pointed to a white box sitting on the metal cart behind the clerk station. Those square envelopes that look like CD covers? That's them. I squinted at the cart and gasped. That is them. Could we have them back, please? Hold on, girls. We're not even sure those are the correct items, Nancy said. And even if they were, I'm not allowed to. Look, Ashley grabbed my sleeve. That's Wilson's logo on the side of the box. Those are definitely our invitations. Excellent. We can just take them back before anyone sees them, I said. I smiled. This was all working out so easily. Nancy shook her head. No, girls. I'm afraid I can't help you. We're not allowed to return mail once it's been given to us. What? I slumped against the counter. I couldn't believe that Nancy wouldn't help us. Maybe I should tell her the whole story. My boyfriend broke up with me because of his, this mix-up, I said. I felt tears prickling the backs of my eyelids. I told Jake the party was for girls only, but then Ashley invited her boyfriend Ben and Jake heard about it. Jake thought I lied to him. Now he isn't speaking to me. Nancy reached over and patted my arm. That's terrible. You poor thing. My daughter went through a terrible breakup last month, too. So, you understand? I looked at her and blinked away a tear. You'll make an exception and give those envelopes back to us? What? Oh, no, Nancy looked, shook her head. I'm sorry, girls, but there's nothing I can do. I watched as one of the postal workers approached the metal cart. He pushed it around the counter and all out into the hallway. I gulped. In a second, our invitations would be in a truck and on their way to 50 girls. Please, I begged. My relationship is at stake here. Not to mention our social lives, Ashley added. We will not be popular if we have to uninvite 25 girls to our party. No one will ever talk to us again, I said. I leaned on the counter, did an extreme slump, and tried to look as pathetic as I could. We'll be complete outcasts, I paused. Let's face it, Ashley. Our life is now officially over. Nancy's expression didn't change. She looked at our heads. She looked over heads to the line and had formed behind us. Next, she called. We shuffled down the counter, away from Nancy's window. I glanced over at the metal cart, where our invitations still sat. The postal worker had stopped in the hallway. The cart itself was within easy reach. Wait a second, I whispered to Ashley. We're not going anywhere yet. I have a plan. What is it? Ashley asked in a soft voice. We have to cause a distraction, I whispered. Why? Ashley wanted to know. Just do it, I said. Ashley walked towards the exit and then pitched forward to the floor, throwing her arms into the air with a dramatic flare. Yikes, she cried as she tumbled forward into the slick linoleum floor. Perfect, I said under my breath. Oh dear, are you all right? The worker pushing the cart asked. He rushed over to the checkout. He rushed over to check on Ashley, leaving the cart completely and totally unguarded. Two more people, including Nancy, followed right behind. Don't move, Ashley, I cried. I'll call a doctor. Ashley had just enough time to glance up at me with a confused look before the entire staff of clerks and customers crowded around her. Honey, let me have a look at that ankle, Ashley said. Nancy said. I ran towards the hallway where invitations were abandoned. Excellent. 
No one had seen me. I tipped over to the metal cart. I grabbed the box of invitations. I checked the return address on the envelopes to make sure I had the right box. Yes, they were our invitations. Now I ha- all I had to do was get them out of the post office. With the box under my arm, I sneaked towards the front door. What do you think you're doing? A man's deep voice bellowed. I looked up and f- came face to face with a stern-looking man in a brown suit. Exactly what do you think you're going with that box, young lady? The man asked. Um, isn't this the mail drop? I asked. Chapter 2 Look on the bright side, Mary-Kate. We may not have gotten the invitations back, but I at least got the postmaster didn't call our parents. My sister and I were lying on the bed, trying not to get too upset about the invitation fiasco. I mean, who would have thought that taking mail back from the post office is a federal offense, I asked. Whoop-dee-doo, Mary-Kate mumbled. She was lying on her stomach with her face pressed into the comforter. I could barely hear her muffled voice. I'm so thrilled. Hey, we're lucky they let us go, I remind her. Mary-Kate turned over to her back. Yeah, lucky I feel so lucky right now, she said. I whomped her with one of my pillows. I knew she was upset about Jake, and I totally understood. Mary-Kate was crazy about him, and he wouldn't talk to her. But I wasn't going to let her wallow in misery. I moved over to my desk and flipped on my computer. I signed onto my email account. Plan A failed, so now we have to come up with plan B. Mary-Kate stared at the ceiling. She tossed a pillow up and down, thinking, maybe there's some way we can stop all the invitations from being put into people's mailboxes, she suggested. Could we slip the mailed invites out of everyone's mailboxes before they've read them, I asked. Mary-Kate cleared her throat. Ashley, I know you're organized and all, but I don't see how we can be 50 places at once when the mail is delivered. Okay, bad idea, I laughed. Forget that. I opened up a send mail window on my computer. I'm going to email Brittany and Lauren, I said. Maybe they can help us. Good idea, Mary-Kate said. Brittany and Lauren were our best friends. They had the best ideas for salvaging any bad situation. We knew we could count on them to help us. I just entered Brittany's email address when an instant message flashed up right beside, right on the side of my screen. It was from Ben. A smile spread across my face as I read, Hey, Ashley, I saw that you were online, so I wanted to ask. How about going to the East Side Mall with me on Monday after driver's ed class? Who's it from, Mary-Kate asked as she sat up on the bed. Ben, I told her excitedly. Mary-Kate climbed off the bed. She grabbed my extra chair to sit beside me at the desk. What did he say? He wants me to go to the mall, I told her. So are you going, Mary-Kate asked. Of course, I said. I typed in my answer. Ben and I went to different schools, so for a boyfriend and girlfriend, he didn't, we didn't see each other often, except in driver's ed Mondays and Wednesdays. I glanced at my calendar. I had only four more lessons of so-called behind-the-wheel instruction before our driver's test. Mary-Kate sighed. 
I wish Jake would ask me to meet him at the mall. Of course, he'd have to stop being mad at me before that would ever happen. Don't worry, you guys will get back together, I said. How can you be so sure, Mary-Kate? Set asked. I'm not. I picked up my the magic eight ball on my desk. Will Jack... Well, Jake and I get back together. She swirled the ball around and looked at the cube floating inside for an answer. Reply hazy. Try again later. Mary-Kate groaned. That's not what I wanted to see. You can't go by that, I said. Another I am blinked onto my screen. Ben again. Okay, talk to you tonight. We I am each other goodbye. <laughs> Then I wrote to Brittany and Lauren, begging for our best friend's help. After we sent the message, Mary Kate leaned back in her chair. Okay, so what else can we do? Hold on, let me check. I grabbed my purple notebook and scanned the list I'd written on the bus. We've got to call Wilson, I said. Of course, Mary Kate said. I looked for his phone number in my address book. Where do you think he'll be this time, I asked. Wilson, our party planner, has a totally cool life. We met him because of our dad, who's in the music business. Wilson is a major jet setter type. He plans parties for celebrities and travels all over the world to do it. And he never stays in one place long. He could be in his L.A. home office one day, skiing the apps the next, and backstage at a concert in New York City after that. We can usually reach him on his cell phone, but we never know where he's going to ring. Mary-Kate ran downstairs to grab another phone so we could be in the line at the same time. Wilson's number rang, rang four times. I had almost given up hope when there was a click. This is Wilson. Hey, Wilson, I said. This is Ashley. This is Mary-Kate Wilson. We have a complete disaster on our hands, she said. What? Hold on a second. Let me find a quiet place where I can talk. Wilson said in the background, I could hear loud music playing and then people shouting to each other and applause. Then there was a click as if Wilson had gone into a separate area and closed the door. <laughs> now, what did you say about a disaster? Tell me the problem and I'll help. Okay, great. Mary Kate quickly told Wilson about us changing our minds after he had sent out 50 invitations. So we either have to uninvite 25 girls, which we don't want to do because that's rude and everyone will hate us, or we have to invite 50 guys now in order to have an equal number of girls and guys. That means we'll have to have 100 guests, which is one insanely huge party. Well, you're right. You can't uninvite people, Wilson said. So if you want to add guys, we have two problems. First, we need to clear this with your mom and dad. Second, we'll need to find a new place for the party. And we need to let everyone know that the invitations they're about to get is totally wrong. I pointed out. But how in the world do we do that? Hmm. Hold on a sec. Wilson was humming and tapping something against his phone. He didn't say anything for a minute, and I started to worry. In the meantime, an I am from Brittany popped up on my computer screen. That's when it hit me. The perfect solution. I know, I yelled. I've got it. Wilson laughed. That was totally loud, so this better be good, he teased. It is, I said. 
We can use email. We can send an email to all of the people on our list telling them that the invitation they're about to get in the mail doesn't tell the whole story. That's their, that there's new information. Hey, that's perfect, Mary-Kate said. We can tell them something like, our party has just become new and improved. Maybe that's what we can call it, Mary-Kate and Ashley's new and improved sweet 16. Wilson laughed. Excellent. An email. <laughs> We'll create tons of buzz about your party. <laughs> I don't even know what you guys call me. You've got this all figured out on your own. Not exactly, I objected. I mean, what do we write in this email <laughs> since we don't know where, where the party is or anything? Well, we can keep it vague for a while, Wilson said. We've got a month until the party, so why don't you... Hint that people will have to stay tuned for the latest updates. That they'll need to check their email daily for news on the big event. That builds a lot of hype. Okay, that sounds good. I agreed. And I'll start thinking of places we can have this new bigger party, Wilson continued. If we can stall people for a while, that'll give us time to find a new location. Okay, when you say bigger, how much bigger, I asked. I was worried about whether mom and dad would go for this. Well, like Mary-Kate said, since you already invited 50 girls and you can't take all those invitations back, you should probably think about inviting 50 guys, Wilson said, which means we have to ask mom and dad if we can have 100 guests instead of 50, Mary-Kate added. She looked at me and grimaced. Suddenly, that didn't sound so easy anymore. You're going to have to, fi to act fast. I'll work up a list of new locations. You talk to your parents, okay? As soon as possible. He covered the phone briefly and yelled, Be right there! And he came back on the line. I hate to run, guys, but I'm in charge of a backstage party that starts in five minutes, Wilson said. So you'll have to talk to your parents about this tonight. And don't send out the email until we talk again. I'll be in the office in a few days, and we'll meet then, okay? Mary-Kate and I said goodbye, then hung up our phones. I looked at Mary-Kate. So are you going to ask mom if we can add 50 guests and have the party somewhere else, or am I? We'll both do it. At dinner tonight, Mary-Kate said. Are you sure you don't want to do the talking? I asked with a pleading look. All right, I'll do it, Mary-Kate said. But you owe me. Deal. I agreed. And how was your day, mom? I smiled briefly at her as I stirred my bowl of pasta that night at dinner. Everything okay at work today? Mom works at the Sunshine Day Care Center. All the little kids there totally love her. I had a great day, she said. Everything went exactly the way it was supposed to. Thanks for asking. Oh, no problem, I said. Boy, this pasta is good. It's amazing, actually. Thank you, Mary-Kate. But it's just my regular recipe. You must be hungry, Mom laughed. So what did you girls do after school today? Not much, I thought. Just nearly got arrested for stealing some mail. I smiled nervously. Oh, nothing interesting, I said. Really very ordinary and stuff. Homework, you know. Under the table, Ashley nudged my foot with hers. I knew she wanted me to ask Mom about the new party plan, but I couldn't. Not yet. I was just working my way up to it. So I was thinking about your girl power theme this afternoon after work, Mom announced. I did some surfing online for decorating ideas. I want this place to look really cool for your party. I gulped. 
We had to tell mom we couldn't have the party here. And she was looking forward to it so much. So what did you come up with? Dad asked as he passed the basket of garlic bread to mom. Well, we can have Wilson get some stand-up cutouts of female superheroes, mom said. Like Wonder Woman, Supergirl. Maybe we could place them at the entrance of different rooms. I don't want the cartoon thing to seem young, though, so we'll contrast with photos of famous women, music celebrities, actresses, writers, politicians, a giant collage, maybe. She passed the bread to Ashley and smiled. Um, great, Ashley mumbled. She set down the basket without taking a piece of garlic bread. There's just so much to do. It's got to look perfect. We'll have to clear out some furniture to make room for dancing and mingling, she went on. Right? Of course, I murmured. Ashley nudged me under the table again. I looked at her and shrugged. Mom seemed so happy. What was I supposed to do? Tell her to just forget about her plans? What do you girls say, Mom? What do you girls say, Dad asked. Mom's ideas sound good to me. He glanced from me to Ashley and back again. Yeah, they're um, great, I said. Do it, Mary-Kate, I told myself. Just tell them. You goofed and now you need to invite a hundred people to the party. But I couldn't. I had to change the subject and fast. So speaking of our birthday, is it time for us to begin the yearly present hunt, I asked, stalling for time. Every year since we were little, we've had this game with our parents. They always hide our birthday presents and we always try to find them. I was thinking you got us something like electronic organizers for our birthday. We'd probably never be able to find those. They're so small. My mother shook her head. Nope. Okay, let's see. How about clothes? Always possible. Or a trip somewhere. Wait, I know. New mountain bikes. Those are pretty hard to hide, though, I looked at Dad. Well, no hints at all? He shrugged and took a sip of water. His face turned red. We don't have any hints because uh, we didn't buy you girls a present this year. I started laughing. <laughs> Dad is the world's worst liar. He's always blushing when he tries to, and he can barely get the words out without stammering a little. Oh, sure, Dad, I teased him. <laughs> right. What? I'm, I'm serious, he said, his face getting even redder. I know, Ashley snapped her fingers. You probably got us tickets to your, fav to your music festival. Dad shook his head. Oh, no, nope. Actually, Dad and I thought the Sweet Sixteen party would be your gift this year, Mom said, coming to his rescue. I glanced at Ashley. We cared about the party a hundred times more than any present, and Mom and Dad were being so generous with us about it. How could we ask them to do anything more? But we had to find a new place to hold the party right away, or there wouldn't be a party at all. I could read the panic in Ashley's eyes. She had the same questions burning in her mind. What are we going to do? Chapter 3 You know what I think, I asked. That I look awful in green, Mary-Kate turned around in front of the three-way mirror to check the fit of the shiny green strapless dress she had tried on. Because this color is terrible on me. Totally. Actually, I was thinking that I look like a football player. I frowned at the short puffy sleeves on the blue dress I had tried on. You do not, Mary-Kate said. A hockey player, maybe. We both laughed at each other, grabbed another dress to try on from the rack outside the dressing room. Finding the perfect party dress? Take six, 
I said as we ducked into our separate rooms to change. We were with Mom on Saturday at a cool boutique called Kick, shopping for our Sweet Sixteen dresses. So far, we'd try on five apiece and hadn't liked any of them. I stepped back and looked at the pale yellow sleeveless linen dress I had tried on. It wasn't me, but it was... And it definitely wasn't Mary-Kate. I walked out of the dressing room just as Mary-Kate came out in a sparkling black dress. I think this would be good if we were ten years older, Mary-Kate said, turning in front of the mirror. Same with this one, I said. Golf, anyone? Mom came over to us, carrying two identical dresses. Hey, look what I found. This is perfect, she said. She showed us a royal blue black backless dress with halter neck and a long flowy blue skirt. The fabric was silk and patterned with tiny white stars. Any interest at all? I don't know. It's kind of long, isn't it? Mary-Kate asked. She glanced at me. It's pretty, though, I said, as Mom handed one of the dresses to me. The tiny white stars on the dress sparkled in the light. I brought one for each of you so you could try them on at the same time, Mom said. I really think this dress would be so beautiful on both of you. I don't know, Mary Kate frowned and held the dress up against her. Just try it, Mom laughed. She gently pushed Mary Kate towards her dressing room. Okay, okay, Mary Kate said. I closed my dressing room door and changed out of the yellow dress. Then I took the dark blue one off its hanger. As soon as I slipped it over my shoulders and fastened the halter tie behind my neck, I knew it was the dress for me. I gazed at my reflection in the narrow, full-length mirror. I just imagined Mary-Kate and me making a grand entrance at the party in these dresses, and then I'd be dancing with Ben. With each step I took, the silky fabric flowed around my body. I felt totally glamorous, like a movie star walking on stage to accept an Oscar. Wow, Mom said as I came out of the dressing room. You look gorgeous. Mary-Kate walked out a second later and twirled around. You look gorgeous too, Mom said. Mary-Kate and I looked at each other. Well, I asked excitedly, what do you think? I can't believe it. This dress is amazing, Mary-Kate said. I definitely love it. How about you? I love it too, I said. That could be a problem, Mom worried. Maybe not, I said. I mean... We haven't done this in a really, really long time, and you might think it's silly and babyish, but I think we should both wear this dress to the party. You do, Ashley, Mom asked. I nodded. It makes sense for a sweet 16, because if we wear the same dress, neither of us will look more important or special or more anything than the other, Mary-Kate finished. Yeah, we'll just be who we are, which happens to be nearly identical, and it'll sort of call attention to our bond as sisters. Not to mention that these dresses look really cool. But if you hate the idea, then forget I ever mentioned it. Mary-Kate grinned. I think it's a great idea. And it's going to make it way easier for us to pick out jewelry and shoes because we can just get two of everything. Mom dabbed at her eyes with a tissue. I think it's a very sweet idea. And I don't think you'll regret it for one second. She gave a little sniffle. I can't wait to see you walk into your party in those. Mom pulled the back of my dress a little tighter. You might need a few little alterations to make these fit perfectly. I'll get the saleswoman. But you know, once the alterations are done and all the house alterations are done, this is going to be one amazing night. I glanced at Mary-Kate. 
feeling a little uneasy. But we still needed to ask Mom if we could add 50 guests to our party and find a new place to have it. We have to tell her, I said. Okay, but you go first, Mary-Kate said. What do you mean, this time, I said. You never said anything to her last night at dinner. Oh, well, you go first anywhere, Mary-Kate said, insisted. No way, you go first, I said. Girls, right here, Mom interrupted. What do you guys need to say to me? I smiled nervously. Can we wait until we get home so maybe we can talk about it with Dad, too? Maybe. If I stalled a little longer, I can think of a better way to explain the reason we'd goofed. So what we'd like to do, if it's okay with you guys, is invite an equal number of boys to our party, I explained to Mom and Dad on Saturday afternoon. But we already invited 50 girls, so that would mean we'd have 100 guests, which I know is a really big number. 100 guests? Dad eyes widened. Are you serious? Yes, Mary-Kate admitted. We're sorry, and we messed up because we got our signals crossed, and the thing is that we already invited 50 girls, so we have to stick to that. Mom nodded. Yes, you do. And if you want an equal number of boys, well, what do you think? She asked Dad. He didn't say anything for a, f- for a minute, and I held my breath. I guess it's all right with me, he finally agreed. But doesn't that mean we have to have the party somewhere else? Yes, I think so, Mom said, because the idea of 116-year-olds in this house is a little much. I know, we're really sorry, Mom, Mary-Kate said. We didn't mean to make you do all that work for nothing. Mom waved this away. We didn't do that much. Don't worry about it. I'm sure Wilson can help you locate another venue, Dad said. There is one thing to keep in mind, though. What's that, Mary-Kate asked. Well, the party was originally planned for 50 guests, Dad began, and you can invite as many boys as you like, but you'll have to stick to the original budget we made. That won't be easy if you have twice as many guests as you planned for. I got a sickening feeling. But Mary-Kate took the news in stride. No problem, she said. We can do it. Right, Ashley? Sure, I agreed, trying to think of ways we could cut corners to make our money stretch. It won't be easy, but... Wilson's an expert on this, Dad said. You three will have to work together to figure this out. Mary-Kate nodded. Okay, sounds like a plan. Good. Dad looked pleased. By the way, girls, I've been meaning to ask you. How are your driving lessons going? Great, Mary-Kate replied. Our classroom room work is done, and we only have three more driving lessons before the big test, but I'm not worried. I love driving. Three more lessons, I thought. Mary-Kate sounded so ready. Why do I feel like I need 30 more lessons? My two little girls driving, Mom sighed. I can't believe it. Better get used to it, Mom, Mary-Kate joked. I'm going to be entering NASCAR races soon. Mom rolled her eyes, laughed, and turned to me. How about you? Do you love driving too? Not exactly, but I definitely like it, I said. I thought about a couple of disastrous things that had happened during my lesson. First, I pulled out the wrong side of the street. Then I knocked over Ben's mailbox. The lesson had gone better since then, but I didn't feel confident about the passing the test. So you'll both be ready for your driving tests, Dad asked. Mary-Kate nodded. I can't wait to have my license. There's just one thing I'm worried about, though. What's that? Mom asked, concerned. 
that my license photo will come out as badly as dad's did, Mary-Kate teased. Mom and dad started laughing. I laughed too. But I was thinking, is that really all she's worried about? A bad ID photo? Because I'm worried about is passing the test. I tossed and turned in bed that night. Visions of our sweet 16 flashing before my eyes. Ashley and I appeared in our beautiful dresses, floating down a long staircase. Ben stood at the floor of the stairs and reached for Ashley's hand. I reached out my hands, but no one was there to take it. Ben and Ashley danced away, leaving me standing there, alone. I flicked on my nightstand light. Sometimes I felt a little restless on Sunday nights, but this was ridiculous. I'd been lying in bed for an hour, and I hadn't even closed my eyes yet. I couldn't stop thinking about Jake. I knew I'd see him the next day at school, and I was dying to talk to him. If only he'd let me. I really missed him, but I knew he was hurt, and I felt terrible about it. But if he'd only let me explain, he wouldn't be hurt anymore. I flopped back against my pillow, groaning with frustration. Maybe I shouldn't wait until school tomorrow, I suddenly thought. What if I wrote him an email now? That would be a lot less nerve-wracking than trying to talk to him. I got out of bed and turned on my computer. I pulled my robe around my shoulders and started to type. Dear Jake, please don't delete this. I know you're really angry and hurt because you think I don't want you at our party, but you're so wrong. I want you there more than anyone else. It just was just a big misunderstanding between Ashley and me. I told you that we decided to not invite any guys because I thought that's what she wanted. I didn't know that at the very same time she changed her mind and invite Ben. My shoulders slumped as I read what I had written. I could just see Jake signing on to his email, seeing a message from me and hitting the delete key. Who was I kidding? An email wasn't going to make it up to Jake. I needed to see him in person, meet him face to face. I'll find Jake at school tomorrow, I told myself, and no matter what, we're going to talk. Chapter 5 Okay, Mary-Kate, let's start with the facts. Your party is two weeks from Thursday, and you don't know where you're having it yet? Brittany raised her perfectly shaped eyebrows. It was Monday afternoon, and school was over for the day. Brittany and I settled on a picnic table outside. <laughs> She's African-American. <laughs> with <the d> What? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> She's African-American with dark brown eyes, tight short curls, and a no-nonsense attitude. Oh my god. At least it's okay with mom and dad, I told her. Wilson's giving us a list of party places tomorrow. I tapped my feet nervously against the bench. A bunch of boys were playing basketball in a court nearby. One of them was Jake. As soon as the game's over, I'm going to talk to him, I told myself. But every time I even thought about talking to him, I got so nervous my palms started sweating. Well, Brittany said, you better hope this Wilson guy comes up with something good. She zipped up her orange hooded sweater. He will, I said. I just hope the best places aren't already booked. I watched Jake dribble the ball towards the basket. He looked totally cute, wearing a black t-shirt, faded jeans, and sneakers. If we could just spend five minutes together, I knew I could clear up this whole misunderstanding. Five minutes. Is that too much to ask? I muttered out loud. Five minutes for what? Brittany looked puzzled. Sorry, I said, just thinking about talking to Jake. 
You're losing it, Mary-Kate, Brittany teased. Don't worry. You'll get to talk to him. I know. I'm just nervous. Jake made a perfect layup. There was a loud cheer. The game was over. The guys picked up their jackets and backpacks and headed off in different direction. Here goes nothing, I told Brittany as I hopped off the picnic table. Good luck, Brittany said. I walked over to Jake, who was busily repacking something in his backpack. My stomach was doing flips. Hey, Jake, I called, trying to sound casual. Good game. That last layup was great. He stood and stared at me. His gray eyes didn't light up at all, the way they did before all this happened. Thanks, he said. Um, um, I was wondering if you wanted to do something together, I stammered. Like, grab a slice of pizza, maybe? Do you have time? I can't, he said. I have to get home and watch Tristan and Caitlin now. Oh, I met his little brother and sister once before. They were really cute. Well, maybe tonight, or maybe I could go with you, I said. I think we really need to talk. Yeah. Well, I really have to get home. I'm kind of late, Jake said quickly. He brushed past me and took off down the sidewalk towards his red jeep. I stared after him, my pulse drumming in my heart. Why wouldn't he give me a chance? I wanted to run after him, to make him listen to me, but I stopped myself. There was no point in chasing after him. Jake still didn't want to talk to me, and there was no way I could change his mind. Brittany crossed the grass to where I stood, frozen in place. Tell me that wasn't as bad as it looked, she said. I faced her, blinking back tears. He totally blew me off, I told her. A week ago, we were so happy together, and now... Brittany threw an armor on my shoulders. This is not right, she said. Maybe Jake's not the guy you thought he was. Maybe you should move on. But I didn't want to move on. I still wanted to get back together with Jake, and I wasn't going to give up on this. Not yet. So what's happening with the party of the year, Ben asked as we walked out of the CD store in the mall Monday afternoon. Right after our driving lesson, we'd caught the bus over. Ben switched his bag of CDs with his right hand to his left and then reached for my hand. We still have a few things to figure out, I admitted, like where to have the party. We've got 17 days, but who's counting? Wait, isn't it at your house, Ben asked? It was going to be, I said, but it isn't. Well, where are you thinking of having it, Ben asked. I don't even know, I confessed. But don't tell anyone. We want people to think the party location is a big secret. Promise? I won't tell anyone, Ben swore. We're meeting with Wilson tomorrow. He's going to give us some ideas. We rounded the corner to the food cart. Hey, I cried as I spotted Lauren. She was sitting in a chair, sipping a soda. A shopping bag at her feet. Her long, wavy brown hair was wrapped up in a bun, held together with a pencil. Hey guys, Lauren said. What are you up to? About $28 so far, Ben gestured to the bag with CDs he was holding, plus tax. Lauren and I both laughed. We were thinking about getting some frozen yogurt. I told Lauren, do you want us to get you anything? You guys hang out, Ben offered. I'll get the frozen yogurt. Do you want something, Lauren? Just water, if that's okay, she said. Gee, I don't know if I can afford that, Ben grinned. He went to the yogurt counter and waited in line. I took a seat across from Lauren. You know what? Lauren leaned back in her chair. Ben is the nicest guy. Yeah, he is, I agreed. I gazed at Ben as he stood in line. 
He's definitely cute, I said. You're so lucky you ended up in the driver's ed class together, Lauren said. It's like fate. I thought about it for a second. Fate. That was a word people used when they were talking about finding the love of their lives. Was Ben the love of my life? We'd been dating for about a month, but I wasn't sure. And it's so perfect how Mary-Kate found Jake, and then right afterwards, you found Ben, you know? Lauren asked. I nodded in agreement. Speaking of of Mary-Kate and Jake, are they talking yet? Lauren asked. No, and it's awful, I said. She's so miserable. I mean, she thinks about him all the time. Have you seen her notebooks? They're covered with Jake's name. She's totally crazy about him, Lauren laughed. Just like you and Ben. It's so romantic. I glanced up as Ben walked towards our table. He's great, but I don't think about him day and night, I realized. My notebooks were full of class notes and to-do lists. Not Ben's name surrounded by hearts. I didn't email him 20 times a day the way Mary-Kate and Jake did before their fight. Mary-Kate said her heart did flips every time she saw Jake. When I saw Ben, I felt fine, but no flip-flops. No nothing. Mary-Kate and I weren't exactly alike, I told myself, so maybe we don't act the same about boyfriends. We're different, that's all. But a little alarm went off in the back of my mind. What if I'm trying to convince myself that I'm crazy about Ben, but I'm really not? What if he's not the guy for me at all? Chapter 5 It's great to see you guys again, Wilson said, even if it's kind of an emergency. Ashley and I sat down across from Wilson's big oak desk on Tuesday afternoon. Dad had picked us up after we got home from my driving lesson. He waited outside Wilson's office. Doing business on his cell phone, Wilson's office was in his house, a gorgeous Spanish-style ranch house. Wilson himself was totally hip in a post-college guy sort of way. He was dressed in baggy cargos, a maroon t-shirt, and a well-worn creamed-colored baseball cap. Let's get right down to it, Wilson pulled a sheet of paper out of a folder. You have two weeks and two days until your party. I've made up a list of party locations that fit a hundred people and your budget and should be available on short notice. He handed the sheet of paper to me and I promptly handed it to Ashley. After all, she's the organized one. This is so awesome, I said. Thanks. Do you think we can find a place on such short amount of time? Ashley asked. Definitely. Just remember, you have a limited budget. So if some of these places don't seem perfect, don't focus on their flaws. Think about their potential. With some window dressing and the right lighting, any place can look amazing, Wilson said. He poured himself a glass of orange juice from the pitcher on his desk. So what information do you want to put on your new email invitations? Ashley tapped her pen against her glittery purple notebook. Well, we have a really good start. She opened the notebook and read out loud, Mary-Kate and Ashley's new and improved Sweet 16. Wilson raised his eyebrows as if he were waiting for more. Go on, he said. We can't, I said. That's all we have. Wilson laughed. I like it. He took off his cap and ran his hand through his long, blonde hair. But it doesn't say much because we don't have much to, do, to say. Not until you know where the party will be, right? Right, I agreed. 
That's the problem. So we need to say something that sounds exciting. Something that sounds as if we know exactly what we're doing, but not actually say anything at all, Ashley finished. Ah, the fine art of publicity, Wilson said. How about Mary-Kate and Ashley's new and improved Sweet 16, hot new location? I began, thinking hard. Hot new guests. Watch your email for more details. That's great, Ashley said. Excellent, Wilson agreed. So we have a new invitation. You're working on finding a new place for the party. There's just one more problem. There is, Ashley said. You have made up a list of the boys you're going to invite, Wilson asked. Ashley glanced at the to-do list of her notebook. I have that written down here. Really? Why don't you tackle it tonight? Wilson suggested. You want to invite the guys as soon as possible so they can set aside the date. Right, Ashley put a star next to the item on her notebook. I smiled nervously. There was just only one boy I wanted the guest list. Jake. If you subtracted Ben, that left 48 boys we needed to invite. Did we even know 48 boys? What about Brandon? That guy two houses down, I asked. I mean, he's always been nice to us. How many would that make? Mary-Kate asked. We were in my bedroom Wednesday night. I was sitting on the computer, entering the names as we thought of them. That makes 23, I told her. Okay, so there's Mark from the drama club, Mary-Kate said. Mark, I asked. Yeah, the one we met when we were acting in the fall play last year. He was the um, assistant director or something, Mary-Kate said. Remember how funny he was? He'd be great at the party. I think you mean Mike. He was the stage manager, I reminded her, and he moved. He doesn't go to our school anymore. Oh, so that's why I haven't seen him around, Mary-Kate frowned. All right, let me think. There's always Melvin. Melvin? You mean our third cousin, Melvin, whose idea of fun is playing video games for seven hours straight? I asked in horror. No way. We're not that desperate. We're not, Mary-Kate asked, because it kind of seems like we were. I mean, I can't think of anyone else unless we invite everyone in school, which seems very second grade to me, like when we gave our whole class valentines. Tacky, I agreed. Exactly, Mary-Kate said. We don't know enough boys. You're right, I admitted. But if we asked our friends about boys they know, I bet we'd come up with even more than enough. Then it hit me. That's the perfect thing to do. Ask for assistance in our new invitations. I jumped out of my chair. Brainstorm, I yelled. I leaped into my bed and started jumping up and down. What? Mary-Kate stared at me as if I just sprouted another head. What is it? We can make it a Sadie Hawkins party, I said. Our theme is girl power, right? Well, it's a girl power thing to ask a guy out instead of waiting for him to ask you, isn't it? Mary-Kate shrugged. Sure. So this is just like another twist on the theme. If everyone we already invited brings a date or a friend, then there will be a totally equal number of boys and girls at our party, I explained, just like we want there to be. Hey, that's a brilliant idea, Mary-Kate cried. She climbed onto the bed and started to jump beside me. What? Yikes, the bed groaned, then lurched a little to one side as if it were about to collapse. I laughed. Maybe we're getting too old for this. We both got off the bed and sat down at my desk. 
First first things first, I said, I deleted our list of boys to invite. Then I opened up a new email and I typed in the announcement about our party and its secret location. We told everyone to watch their email for further announcements. Then we said that in keeping with our girl power theme, everyone should invite the guy of their choice to the party, whether as a date or as a friend. Done. I quickly read the message over for typos and pressed the send button. Great. Now we just have to find a place to put everyone. I heard a flicker of anxiety in Mary-Kate's voice. Or there won't be any party. (gasps) We've got to work fast, I agreed. I'll start on Wilson's list tomorrow afternoon while while you're at your driving lesson. Mom promised to drive me around to check out a few of the places. She said she wants to help out as much as she can since the party will be at our only present this year. Yeah, right, Mary-Kate laughed. I don't believe that for a second. The more she says that, the more I'm sure that isn't true. I don't know, I protested. They seemed pretty serious about it. Ashley, did you see Dad's face when I asked about it? He was redder than a tomato, Mary-Kate said. Mom and Dad love playing this game with us every year. I think they're just trying to throw us off the trail. Well, in that case, where should we look first, I asked. Mary-Kate grinned. Mom and dad aren't home, she said. It's a perfect chance to check the birthday closet. There was a closet in the basement that mom and dad had used before to hide our birthday gifts. They locked the door, of course, but we know where they hid the key. On top of the water heater. They just didn't know that we knew. We sneaked downstairs, even though no one was home to catch us. I shoved dad's big toolbox across the floor to the water heater. Then I stepped on and felt around for the key. Got it, I whispered, handing the key to Mary-Kate. We probably shouldn't be doing this, Mary-Kate slipped the key into the lock and slowly pushed the door open. But it's a tradition, right? Right. I flickered on the light switch. Uh Uh-oh. The closet was completely empty, except for a large neon pink piece of poster board with the words, Nice Try, written on it in black marker. They're on to us, I cried. They know we've looked here before yeah but this means they are giving us a present mary kate said come on that's enough snooping for one day we trooped back upstairs mary kate stopped in the kitchen for a snack i went to my room wilson's party places lay on my desk glowing in the light from my computer screen we'd better find something tomorrow i thought staring at the list or we'll have a 100 party guests all dressed up with nowhere to go Chapter 6 Is this it, Ashley? Mom asked. She pulled the car into a big, crowded parking lot on Thursday afternoon. I reread the address on the piece of paper in my lap. This is it, I told her. The last place on Wilson's list. Pizza Pals. I glanced through the windshield and my heart sank. A huge statue of a green dinosaur stood guard outside the restaurant. The words prehistoric pizza pal were painted on its belly. A pal's playground with seesaws and a slide stood on the right side of the restaurant. What do you think, honey? Mom asked. This isn't exactly the image we're going for, I complained. It's a kiddie restaurant. The last two places hadn't been much better. We'd seen a sports and a recreation center that smelled like chlorine and an old warehouse space. That would have been cool. What the hell? That was cool looking, but a little too grungy for mom's taste. 
Before that, Mom and I had visited three other restaurants, a bowling alley and a botanical garden. The garden was beautiful, but there were several restrictions on what we could do if we had our party there. The biggest problem was that dancing wasn't allowed. I couldn't see having our sweet 16 without dancing to celebrate. Then again, maybe I can live without dancing, I thought, as the Pizza Pals dinosaur loomed above me. Uh, Mom, I said as we got out of the car, I'm not sure if we need to go inside. I mean, this is pretty much says it all. I tapped the dinosaur with my fingers. Well, it might be a little young, but remember, Wilson can transform a place, Mom said. We wouldn't have put it on the list if he didn't think it was appropriate. Appropriate for what, I muttered under my breath as we walked through the front door. A kindergarten graduation? Welcome to Pizza Pals, a teenage girl wearing overalls and a striped t-shirt greeted us. Uh, thanks, I said, smiling at her. Hi, we'd like to talk to someone about renting your banquet room, Mom said with a polite smile. Is the manager available? You betcha, she said. Be right back. She zipped away on roller skates. Mom, maybe we should think this over, I said. Are you sure we can't fit a hundred people in our house? Ashley, you've got to consider all of your options. Mom looked around at all the families in the dining room. You know, it sure is popular here. With little kids, I said. I glanced at a clown entertaining a table of small children at a birthday party. Half of them were yelling and the other half were crying. Please let the banquet room be booked on June 13th, I thought. I'll die if I have to have my party here. A minute or so later, the clown came over to me and Mom. Hello there. I'm Rick, the manager. I understand you're interested in renting the pal's party room? Yes, this is for my daughter's sweet 16 party, Mom said. Would the room be available on June 13th? Let me check. Rick went behind the host stand and flipped through a calendar. I crossed my fingers. Please say no. Please say no. You're in luck, Rick told us. It's available. Great, I said. So much for crossing fingers. Let me show you the pal's party room. And if you like it, you can put it down a deposit to hold the room. The only way we'll have our party here is if the restaurant is completely closed for the night, I thought as I tripped over a balloon and the clown called in sick. But deep down, I knew that this place was our last hope. The bank room wasn't as bad as I expected and didn't have any personality at all, but that was okay. We could add all the decoration and flavor ourselves. There were several round tables and a large open space that could be used for dancing. We have another entrance in the back here, so it's completely separate from the restaurant, and you can bring your own flowers, candles, etc. You can have it catered, or we can provide all the pizza you can eat, Rick explained, and there's plenty of atmosphere if you plan on dancing. He pointed to the ceiling, where a sad and lonely-looking silver disco ball hung without moving. You love, you young kids love to dance, right? Right, I said slowly. This place could work in the sense that we could completely change it around to make it what we want, but what do you think, Ashley, Mom asked. A vision flashed before my eyes. The elegant sweet 16 I had dreamed of. Girls in ball gowns, boys in tuxedos, flowers and candles everywhere. I faced the reality. A bare room and a pizza place. I didn't want to admit it, but it was the best place I'd seen so far. If we could forget about the roller skating waitresses and the giant dinosaur, 
But then everyone would be pulling into the Pizza Palace parking lot. I guess it might be okay, I groaned, not believing the words coming out of my mouth. I think so too, Mom said. I mean, it's not perfect, but it will fit your budget, and you really need to reserve a place now. I pulled Mom aside. Mom, I've been dreaming about my sweet 16 since I was 12, I whispered. And this place? Well, it doesn't fit in my dream. Mom frowned. I'm sorry, Ashley, but the party is two weeks away. The caterer needs to know where the party will be, not to mention your guests. I'll make a deal with you, I offered. If I can find a better place, we'll switch. But if I can't find something else in, the, in that time, we'll have the party here, okay? Mom thought it over. On one condition, she said. She turned to the clown. Excuse me, Rick? Is the deposit refundable? Yes, of course, he said. We just need three days advance notice. Mom turned back to me. All right, you've got a deal. We'll reserve this now. If you can't find something else, the party will be here. I bit my lip. We are not having the party here, I vowed. I'll do everything I can to make sure of that. Okay, Mary-Kate, you'll want to take a right at the next street, Miss Junger instructed. I flickered on the turn signal and pulled the wheel to the right. Nicely done, Miss Junger said. We'll stay on the street for a few blocks. Okay, no problem. I kept driving along, enjoying being the behind the wheel, but I couldn't help wondering how Ashley and Mom were doing. How many places had they seen so far? Had Ashley chosen one yet? Hey, we could have a primo party spot already, I thought, my excitement rising. Ashley could be standing in the perfect place at this very moment. Take a right here, Miss Junger instructed, after we had driving, been driving for a few minutes. I single, single signaled my turn and followed her instructions. I had to pay close attention to the street signs because I wasn't familiar with this section of town. I didn't know anyone who lived over here. Not that I could think of any, anyway. It was pretty, though, with a lot of tall palm trees and winding streets. And turn left here, Miss Junger said. I put on the turn signal and glanced to the left. There, striding down the sidewalk, was a guy who looked exactly like Jake. I gasped. Hold on a second, I thought, as I peered out the window. That is Jake! Left, Mary-Kate, Miss Jugger said. Turn left here. What was Jake doing here, I wondered. He didn't have any friends who lived in this neighborhood. Mary-Kate, you missed the turn, so take the next left, Miss Jugger said. I nodded as Miss Jugger's words, but I didn't actually hear them. My mind kept racing. If Jake didn't have any friends in this area, maybe he was here for another reason, and there was only one I could think of. Maybe he was here... To see a new girlfriend. Stop here, Mary-Kate. Are you listening? Mary-Kate, stop. Stop. Miss Junger ordered me. The cart screeched to a halt. I broke out of my trance and stared at Miss Junger. I winced, realizing that she had stepped on the dual brake. Pull over here and I'll switch drivers, Miss Junger said. I told you to turn left twice and you didn't. You're not paying attention at all. Jerry, my classmate in the back seat, muttered, uh-oh, under his breath. I, I was, I said, but just when I saw something um, bizarre, and so I pulled towards the curb. Miss Junger told Jerry and me to trade places. I got out of the car and glanced around. Jake was gone. I climbed into the back seat and stared out the window, watching for him.
We were nowhere near his neighborhood. I racked my brain, trying to come up with some reason why Jake would be here. But my mind kept going back to the same thing. There was only one explanation that made sense. He must be seeing another girl, I thought. That's why he didn't want to talk to me. Here I am, completely miserable over him, and he's already dating someone else. Tears pricked the back of my eyelids. That's crazy, I told myself. How could he have found someone else so soon? But what if my crazy thought was true? What if Jake really did have a new girlfriend? Chapter 7 I dropped my tray onto the cafeteria table Friday at lunchtime. Have either of you guys heard that Jake has a new girlfriend? Brittany, Lauren, and Ashley stared up at me. Mary-Kate, what are you talking about? Brittany asked. Jake with a new girlfriend? Since when? No way, Lauren shook her head. He wouldn't. He couldn't. And what makes you think he does? Brittany asked. Okay, Ashley's already heard this, but when I was taking my driving lesson yesterday, I saw Jake. I explained how I completely missed Miss Junger's instructions because I was so busy watching Jake walk down the sidewalk. He doesn't live anywhere near that neighborhood, I said. Why else would he be there? Mary-Kate, come on, Ashley, Brittany said. He could have been out for a walk or visiting his grandmother, or selling magazine subscriptions door-to-door. I mean, there are a dozen explanations that don't involve him having a new girlfriend. That's what I tried to tell her, Ashley sighed. I haven't heard anything around school either, Lauren said. But I guess you could always ask Todd Malone if you wanted to find out. He and Jake are good friends. I wish I could ask Todd. I was dying to find out the truth. But Todd might tell Jake that I asked. No way, I groaned. Then I'd look even more pathetic. Look, Jake does not have a new girlfriend, Brittany declared. You guys are going to get back together. Just wait. I hate waiting, I wailed. We know, Brittany, Lord, and Ashley all chirped at the same time. I laughed for the first time that day. Okay, so I can be a little impatient sometimes. Anybody would be in my place. If she thought her boyfriend was seeing another girl, especially if she liked him as much as I liked Jake, I couldn't relax until I found out the truth. Lauren leaned across the table and whispered, Did you guys decide where you're having the party yet? Ashley glanced around to make sure no one was eavesdropping. I saw a bunch of places yesterday, she whispered, but nothing was really right. Something had better be right soon, Brittany said. You guys, there are less than two weeks until your party. I know, I groaned. We have to choose a place now. Mom put down a deposit at this place called Pizza Pals, but we're not having the party there unless we absolutely have to, Ashley said. Pizza Plows? Pizza Pals? Is that the place with the giant dinosaur out front and the skating waiters? Lauren asked. I held up my hand. Please don't remind me. At least we have appointments to get our hair and nails done on our birthday, Ashley said. And our dresses are ready. All the alterations are done. Oh, yeah, that's great. Except you won't have a place to wear them unless you are unless you get moving, Brittany commanded. Stop. I tossed a French fly, fry onto her tray. We will have a place soon. I looked at Ashley and smiled. Right? Right. Sure, she smiled back at me. And we'll pass our driving tests and then we'll, you know, create world peace in our spare time. 
Ashley and I were walking down the hallway towards our lockers at the end of lunch period when we ran into Melanie Han and Tom Shema Mitchell. Hey, you guys, we're so excited about your party, Melanie said. Getting updates by email is so cool. How you how'd you come up with that idea? Tashema asked. Oh, it's just um came to us, I said. It's awesome. When's the next update? Melanie asked. Soon, Ashley nudged me with her elbow, but you we can't tell you when because that would ruin the surprise. I can't wait to find out where the party is, Tashema said. I covered my mouth to stifle a laugh. Neither can we, I thought. Can't you guys give us a clue? A teensy tiny clue, Tashema begged. I want to pick out what I'm going to wear and I need to make sure it's right. We'll be sending out another update in the next couple of days. So just keep checking your email, Ashley said. We'll give you plenty of advance notice. Don't worry. Okay, cool, Melanie waved to us. I'm going to check it every hour on the hour, Tashema said before she and Melanie walked off. Sounds like our plan is working great, I said to Ashley. No one suspects a thing. We turned the corner at the end of the hall and nearly crashed right into Rachel Adams, who was walking quickly towards us. Hey, Mary Kay and Ashley, I got your invitation. Thanks, she said. You're welcome, I replied. Rachel was a good friend of mine from when I played the basketball team. Can you come? I'll be there for sure, and I love your Sadie Hawkins idea. I'm inviting tons of boys, so we should have enough guys to dance with. And I turned and looked at Ashley, whose face had gone completely pale. Um, did you just say you're inviting tons of boys? I asked Rachel. You were supposed to invite only one. Rachel looked confused. But your email invite, it said to invite guys. Plural. So I thought I'd invite the guys' basketball team for a start. Then I thought of asking my older brother if he'd come and bring a couple of his friends because some of them are really cute. Yeah, um, that sounds great, Ashley said. She pulled me away. I'm sorry, Rachel, but we have to run now. See you later. Ashley and I hurried down the hall. We didn't, I groaned as we broke into a run. We couldn't have, Ashley said. We raced to the computer lab and grabbed a seat at one of the terminals. Ashley signed onto her email account in record time. She pulled up her sent mail. Suddenly, it was on the screen. Our latest email invitation. Ashley ran her finger along the invitation's text until she got to the important line. Please invite the guys of your choice. Guys, plural, Ashley wailed. Several heads popped up from behind computer monitors as people strained to see what was going on. Shh, a couple of people said. Oh no, the entire school is going to come to our party now. The entire city, the entire world, Ashley, Ashley whispered. What are we going to do? Chapter 8 Mary-Kate, we should be out looking for our party places, I complained later that afternoon. Or we'll be stuck with pizza pals. The two of us stopped in front of the storefront. Window with menu by Margot printed on the glass. Wilson had hired Margot to cater our party. This is important too, Mary-Kate insisted, opening the door. No matter where the party is, we're at least having a hundred guests. And Margot thinks we're having only fifty. We've got to let her know what's going on. Good afternoon. May I help you? Margot asked, coming out of the kitchen. Her green chef's apron was dusted with flour. 
Hi, Mary-Kate smiled. We booked you to cater our party on June 13th. I'm Mary-Kate Olson, and this is Ashley. Of course, Margot nodded. You're having the Sweet 16 party at your house, aren't you? Right, I began. At least that was the plan. Oh, really? What's changed? Margot asked. Well, we can't have it at our house anymore because we changed the number of guests. We were scheduled for a sit-down dinner for 50, but now we have 100 people coming to our party. We can't spend any more money on the food, so we're here to ask, do you think you'll still be able to cater the party for us? Are you joking, Margot said. I held my breath. Was Margot going to cancel on us? Of course we can, she finished. People's guest lists change all the time. I let out a huge sigh. Even though the party's less than two weeks away... Sure, we'll just change the menu around to make it work. We're very flexible here. We have to be, Margot said. Would you mind coming into the kitchen with me to talk about it? I'm on a tight deadline today. Mary-Kate and I followed her to a large counter where she was decorating a collection of tiny cheesecakes with each one with a different pattern on top. She was using orange and green icing to draw a carrot on one of them. So you've still got a couple of weeks, which is plenty of time. I've had people completely change their parties two days ahead of time. For now, you're thinking about a hundred, though? Mary-Kate nodded. We hope it won't be bigger than that. Right, and is the party still going to be at your house? No, I told her. We haven't found a place to have it yet. Margot stopped decorating the cheesecake and turned to us. Now that is a problem. My staff and I need to know as soon as possible so we can be prepared, Margot said. I understand, Mary-Kate said. And we'll get it locked up really, really soon. We promise. Margot nodded. Good. In the meantime, let's think about the menu. She started decorating another mini cheesecake. For a big party, it's fun to have different food stations. Each decorated to go with the theme of the food. Your guests could travel between, say, a Mexican beach hut, where we'll be grilling chicken and veggie fajitas, and a Japanese sushi bar, and a New Orleans carnival stand with Cajun crawfish and, and gumbo. Stuff like that. Cool, I said, my mouth watering at the thought of all the food she just described. That really sounds like fun, Mary-Kate commented. And way too nice for the Pizza Pals banquet room, she added. Pizza Pals? What's that? Margot asked. Just this place we're considering having the party, I said. We don't like it that much, though. You know, if our friends invite too many guests, Pizza Pals won't be big enough for the party, Mary-Kate said. There won't be a place big enough. We'll just have to pitch a tent on the beach and hope for the best. My eyes widened as I pictured the scene. A bonfire in the sand, dancing by the surf, the sunset over the ocean. Mary-Kate, that's a brilliant idea. We can have the party in a tent on the beach. We can, Mary-Kate asked. Sure, we'll rent one of those giant white tents and we can set up right near the ocean. And if there's too many people to fit under the tent, then they'll just spill out onto the beach, I explained. Margot nodded. Your sister's right. It's an excellent idea, if you can pull it off in time. Do you know how much it would cost, I asked her? Well, the beach is public property, and the tents are not that expensive. We might even have a few brochures from a tent rental company out front, Margot offered. Now I have to cut this short, but I've really got to focus, or I'm going to have ten very burned chickens. Keep in touch, girls. Have us the location as soon as you can. We will. We promise. Thanks so much, I told her. 
Mary-Kate and I couldn't get home fast enough. Our new party plan was ultra cool. We couldn't wait to let we couldn't wait to let everyone know about it. We had to send out the next party update. Give me another line from the brochure, I told Ashley. Ashley peered at the tent rental flyer Mario had given us. We'd called them and found out the renting a tent is well within our budget. There's no better party decoration than the sun setting over the ocean. Hmm, I stared at my computer screen. I was writing an email giving more details about the party. I wanted to whet everyone's appetite without too much giving too much away. Mary and Ashley's party update, I typed. The official location is a very cool place. Music, the sound of the crashing surf. Decorations, a view of the sun setting over the ocean. Stay tuned for the exact location at a later date. Ashley read the email over my shoulder. That's good, she said. I sent the email to everyone on our list. There. Everyone will be so psyched when they find out the location is the beach. Ashley leaned back on my bed and rested her head against the pillows with a contented sigh. Isn't this great, she said. We're so close to being done and everything's finally working out. I rested my chin on the back of my desk chair. We can just relax and start thinking about the easy stuff now. Ashley raised her eyebrows. Like passing our driving tests next week. I sighed. I'm getting Jake back. I guess things aren't exactly easy yet. The phone rang and I grabbed it from my dresser. Hello? Mary-Kate, is that you? Hey, Wilson, I said. How are you? Where are you? Flying over Vegas, but never mind about that. Did you figure it out? He started to ask. Wilson, you won't believe it, I interrupted, but we figured out everything. I explained about the meeting with Margo and how I'd gotten the idea to have the party on the beach. We checked into the renting a tent and it's totally within our budget. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it sounds great, Wilson agreed. We thought so too. So we sat on another update and... But it would have been better if you'd thought about it a month ago, Wilson interrupted me. Then we would have had time to get the permit you need to have a party on the beach. What? I yelped. I'm sorry, girls. It's too late. We can't have the party on the beach no matter how cool it would be. I quickly tossed the phone to Ashley and sat back down on my computer. Isn't there some way to unsend messages, I asked. Delete, stop, return, to sender. I cried as I clicked the mouse in every possible place. But the message was gone. And what was worse? We already had apply from Melanie Han. Sounds great. I love the surf. Keep me posted. Ashley hung up the phone. Wilson told me about the permit. He also said we should take another look at Pizza Pals because we'd be surprised at how much we could how much could be done with decorations. She groaned. If we end up at the Pizza Pals place after we sent that email, we won't, I said. We can't. We have 13 days to find somewhere else. That's what we're going to do. Chapter 9. What did Ben think of the whole tent on the beach fiasco? Mary Kate asked me on Saturday afternoon. We took our change from the Starbucks cashier and headed for a table. Ben, I stopped in the middle of the room. A tall woman brushed past me. What do you mean? Didn't you tell him about it? Mary-Kate asked. No, I replied. I haven't spoken to him since driver's ed last Wednesday. Mary-Kate gave me a funny look. Then she pointed out an empty table and headed for it. Why? I asked, taking a seat. Do you think that's weird? No, Mary-Kate said. It's just... I don't know. When I was with Jake, we talked or emailed about ten times a day. 
I wanted to tell him every little thing that happened. But maybe it's different since Ben doesn't go to the same school as we do. I tell Ben a lot of things, I said. I'll get around to telling him all about it eventually. But at the same time it happened, it never occurred to me to tell him, I realized. When things happen to me, good or bad, Ben usually wasn't the first person I thought of calling. Does that mean I'm not crazy enough about him, I wondered? Does it mean I shouldn't be going out with him? I considered asking Mary-Kate what she thought, but she changed the subject. I hate to bring up another decision we have to make, she said. But what shoes are we going to wear with our cool new dresses? She carefully draped the dresses over an empty chair. We just picked them up with the final alterations done. They looked better than ever now that they fit us perfectly. How can you worry about shoes at a time like this, I said. We don't even know where we're having the party. Maybe not, but we can't go barefoot, she joked. We've already been through the beach concept, remember? I smiled, glad Mary-Kate could keep her sense of humor about it. I reached into my bag and pulled out my glittery purple notebook. I glanced through the appointment section. I have a day set aside in our schedule next week to get all of our accessories, I announced. And in the meantime, we need to go over something more important, the final guest list. That way, we can stop by Margot's on the way home and confirm the total number of guests. The day before was the final RSVP date. We'd spent the evening reading emails, answering the phone, and opening mailed replies. Well, the good news is that it looks like we're coming in right on target, I said. Which target is that? Mary-Kate asked. Because let's face it, we've missed a lot of them lately. She unwrapped her straw and stuck it into her grande frappuccino. Almost everyone has sent their RSVP and we have a total of 98 guests, which leaves room for a couple more people, I said. Hold on. How did that work out? Mary-Kate asked. What about Rachel inviting the entire boys basketball team? Oh, she still invited them, I told her. But a lot of girls decided not to ask a guy. Some people are totally happy coming without dates, which is very cool, especially at a girl power party. I smiled as I reached in for my coffee drink. And some people are totally unhappy coming by themselves, Mary-Kate said glumly. I followed her gaze to a couple sitting at a small table by the window. The girl had long blonde hair and her boyfriend had short brown hair. They looked a lot like Mary-Kate and Jake, except for three things. One, they were together. Two, they were holding hands as they talked and sipped on their mugs. And three, they looked happy. What? Oh, my God. Come on, Mary-Kate. Don't give up yet, I said. I know you're still upset about Jake, but I thought we have a lot to celebrate. I said, we have our dresses and they look completely awesome. We have everyone at school talking about our party. We have our final guest list. Ashley, she interrupted. Don't you understand? None of this matters if we don't have a place to hold the party. I know, I said a little hurt. I guess she hadn't kept her sense of humor that well after all. I'm just trying to think positively, that's all. She sighed, pushing her cup in circles on the table. I'm sorry. I'm just feeling stressed out today. I'm stressed too, I confessed. But I'm even more worried about my driving test next week. What do you mean? Getting our licenses is going to be so cool, she said. Easy for you to say. You're totally great at driving. I stirred my coffee. I'm not. You should have seen me at my lessons this past week. 
and we get only one more. I'm sure you're better than you think, she told me, and we'll be there together, so don't worry. Don't worry about what, someone behind me asked. I turned and saw Teresa standing with Todd Malone, her boyfriend. I'd met Ben at one of Todd's parties, and Mary-Kate had danced with Jake for the first time at the same party. I glanced at Mary-Kate's face, wondering if she was thinking about that night. Ashley's worried about her driving test, Mary-Kate told them. We're taking it next week. It'll be easy. Don't sweat it, Todd commented. Did you guys get my RSVP, Teresa asked. Yeah, we did. Thanks, I said. And you're bringing... Well, I'm not totally sure who's coming with me, Teresa said, glancing at Todd. What, Todd asked? What do you mean? I am. Don't count on it, Teresa said. She laughed and put her arm around Todd's waist. I haven't even asked you yet. Ahaha, Todd said, rolling his eyes. Teresa and Todd totally like each other, I thought, watching them. Do Ben and I look that way when we're together? Are you guys inviting dates? Teresa asked Mary-Kate and me. Let me guess. Ashley's bringing Ben and Mary-Kate. Her voice trailed off and her face went red. I couldn't tell she was suddenly remembering that Jake and Mary-Kate had broken up. I don't have a date yet, Mary-Kate said. But that's okay. She tried to smile. But I know she felt miserable about it inside. Yeah, well, we should probably get going, Todd said. We just wanted to say hi. They turned to leave, but then Teresa stopped. Mary-Kate, I'm really sorry about you and Jake breaking up, she said. I know for a fact that he still likes you. See you guys around, Todd called. He gently pulled Teresa out of Starbucks and onto the sidewalk. She turned around to wave at us. Mary-Kate looked shocked. What is Jake's problem, she asked me. If he still likes me the way Teresa says, then why won't he talk to me? I don't know, Mary-Kate said but we have to go find out. Chapter 10. So thanks for the movie. I looked into Ben's dark brown eyes on Sunday night. He's going to kiss me, I realized. For some reason, I found myself edging away from him. I'll um, see you tomorrow. I moved towards my house. What are you doing? I asked myself. Don't you want Ben to kiss you? It's my mom, isn't it? Ben asked. I peeked over his shoulder. His mother was waiting in the car. She dropped us off at the movies and picked us up afterwards. She kills the mood, right? Ben continued. That must be it, I thought. I just don't want to kiss him in front of his mother. Of course. I peered at Ben's mother sitting on the driver's seat, trying not to look if she was watching us. Yeah, it is kind of a problem, I said. That's cool. I understand. Well, good night, Ashley. Ben gave me a quick hug and walked away. Good night, I said, and thanks for going out tonight. I had a really nice time. I smiled and waved as he and his mother pulled out of the driveway. I did have a nice time with Ben, so why didn't I want to kiss him good night? The first time we'd kissed at the party on the houseboat, it felt amazing. What was my problem? His mother was watching us, I reminded myself as I unlocked the door and walked into our house. Who would want to kiss anyone under those circumstances? I headed for the kitchen to get myself a glass of milk. I tossed my denim jacket onto the back of the chair. I opened the refrigerator. Once I had poured my glass of milk, I turned off the kitchen light and headed for the stairs. 
Then I noticed something bobbing on the hallway wall by the closet at the bottom of the stairs. It looked like a flashlight beam. Wait a second, I thought. Why is someone walking around my house with a flashlight? There was only one answer that came to my mind, and I didn't like it. Were we being robbed? I knew mom and dad had gone out to, for a work function, which mean Mary Kate should be home by herself. Huh. Hello, I said. Then I cleared my throat and tried to sound older and bigger. Who's there? I crawled out from behind the stack of boxes in the storage closet. Nope, nothing here either. This entire present search was turning out to be yet another bust, I said. Who's there? A voice demanded. I gasped and pointed my flashlight in the direction of the voice. The beam landed right on Ashley's face. Ashley, it's me, I said. Ashley shielded her eyes from the light. Mary Kate, stop shining that in my face. Oh, sorry. I hopped out of the overcrowded closet and flickered the hall light switch. What were you doing? You scared me, Ashley said. I was bored, so I started looking for our presence again. In the dark, Ashley asked. In case mom and dad came home, I answered. I didn't want them to see the light on in the storage closet and find out what I was doing. And, Ashley said, did you find anything? I shook my head. Not unless you count dust bunnies. How was your date? Okay, Ashley shrugged and took a sip of milk from the glass she was holding. She didn't seem all that thrilled, which was strange. I decided she was just tired, or maybe she needed to talk. Hey, that looks good, I pointed to her glass. I want to hang out with me while I get some, I asked. Sure, she said. We went into the kitchen, and Ashley sat down at the kitchen table. So, what did you do tonight, she asked. Not much. Before Mom and Dad left for their party, I helped Mom make some cookies to take to the daycare center tomorrow. Then I asked Dad where our presents were hiding, I said. And he blushed a lot and said, there weren't any presents. And then after they left, I searched every room. Hey, it's better than doing homework. You seem like you're in a good mood, Ashley commented. I'm trying, I said. But the problem is that every time I try to do my geometry homework, I think about how Jake helped me study for my last test and how much I liked him, I sighed. It's a vicious cycle, which is why I'm not even looking at my geometry book tonight. I know it's not the same thing, but I can help you with geometry later if you want, Ashley offered. Thanks, I said with a smile, but you're right. It's not the same. I know you feel really bad right now about Jake, Ashley sighed but at least you know how you feel about him. What do you mean, I asked. Ashley tucked her hair behind her ears. It's Ben. I've been thinking. I've noticed the way you talk about Jake. And talk and talk and talk, I joked. She laughed. Well, sort of, but it just shows how much you like him. Me, on the other hand, I like seeing Ben when I see him, but I don't get all woozy like you're supposed to when you fall in love. Good thing, because who wants to pass out on a date? Very embarrassing, I joked, wrinkling my nose. Come on, I'm serious, Ashley pleaded. There are ways you're supposed to feel when you're going out with someone, and I don't feel them. Isn't that weird? Not really. Everyone's different, I said. Ashley frowned. I don't think that's it. Come on, you'll get used to being weird, I teased. I have. Mary-Kate, I'm serious, Ashley looked at me. Okay, sorry, I apologized. I'm taking this seriously. I took a deep breath and let it out. I guess I would say that everything you've told me could mean that Ben's not the right guy for you. 
Maybe he seemed like it at first, and so that's why you went out with him. This is embarrassing. But to be honest, I think I might have started going out with Ben because I wanted to have a boyfriend at the same time you had one, Ashley said. Really? I was surprised. It wasn't like Ashley to do something just because I was doing it. Not at all. But I remembered when you met him. You really liked him. I, I still do. He's funny and he always makes me laugh. He's cute. He's smart, I said. So what's the problem? I asked. Okay. Okay, sidebar. That is a weird typo. I still do. He's funny and he always makes me laugh. He's so cute. He's smart. I said. So what's the problem? I asked. Ashley shrugged. It's fun, but it's not like you and Jake. There are fireworks when you and Jake are together. Correction. There were fireworks, I said. Now there are ashes. Yikes, Ashley said. Sorry, I didn't mean to be so dramatic. I looked across the table at Ashley. But if you really think you don't like Ben that way, you should tell him. And you should tell him soon before he gets more attached to you. Ashley nodded. Okay. Because the worst thing in the world is when someone strings you along. And they're not really interested in dating you. But they pretend to be, and you fall really hard for them. And then suddenly you're just like, not there anymore. I stared out at the streetlight, my eyes blurry with tears. I knew Mary-Kate was talking about my situation, and she was right. I had to talk to Ben and tell him that even though I liked him a lot, I just wanted to be friends. Nothing more. But I also knew that Mary-Kate was talking about herself. And even though she was trying to hide it by making jokes, she was still really hurt. I should, could see her trying not to cry, too. I'd heard more than enough. I couldn't stand seeing Mary-Kate so unhappy for so many days in a row just because Jake wouldn't listen to her apology or explanation. He wasn't acting like a nice guy. He was acting like a jerk. And if he wouldn't listen to Mary-Kate, then he was going to have to listen to me. Chapter 11. If Mary-Kate knew what I was doing, she'd probably kill me, I thought. It was first thing Monday morning, and I was searching the halls for Jake's locker. My plan was to talk to him about Mary-Kate. I don't know what I'm going to say, I thought nervously, but I'll come up with something. I hate confronting people. I almost never do it. I avoid arguments whenever I can. But there was a lot on the line for me here, namely Mary-Kate's happiness. I didn't want her to look back at turning 16 and remember how Jake hurt her. She deserved better than that. There she was, closing his locker and about to walk down the hall away from me. I hurried up to him, glad that he was alone and not with a bunch of his basketball buddies. Jake, can I talk to you for a second? I asked as I caught up with him. It's really important. His eyes widened when he saw me, but then he said, smiled and said, Oh, hi, Ashley. Hi, I'm, well, I wanted to, I, I stammered, spit it out, Ashley, I thought. Look, Jake, do you or do you not like my sister? I asked. Jake stopped walking and stared down at me, his face registering confusion. I had sort of blurted out what I wanted to know, but there was no other way to get to the point. 
I was always teasing Mary-Kate about being too blunt, but maybe it wasn't such a bad thing. What are you talking about? Jake asked. Why are you asking me that? We stepped out of the way of the crowds in the hallway and into an empty classroom. Mary-Kate feels terrible, I said. I mean, she has felt nothing but terrible ever since the day you found out from Ben that he was invited to our Sweet 16. Yeah, well, Jake said. Look, I know it's all messed up, but I also know Mary-Kate still really likes you. I said, here's what happened, and some of it's my fault, and some is Mary-Kate's, and focus, I told myself. Stop rambling. First of all, I said, we did plan on having an all-girls party at first, but then Mary-Kate wanted to invite you, so she did. But she was sure she could convince me to change the party to include boys, but I said, no, I explained. I still wanted to be a girls-only party. That's why Mary-Kate uninvited you. Okay, Jake said slowly. But at the same time, I met Ben, and I really liked him and wanted to invite him to the party. So I did, because I decided that we should invite guys. I got home and told Mary-Kate that the party should include boys after all. But before she got the chance to tell you about it in person, you heard from Ben that he was invited and you never heard Mary-Kate's side of the story. I finally stopped to take a breath. Jake was standing there with a stunned expression. He might have heard enough, but I wasn't done yet. You really hurt her because you won't listen to her, I said. She's been totally honest with you and you won't even give her a chance. Jake shifted from one foot to the other. Okay, what can I say? I'm sorry. Thanks, but I'm not the only one you should apologize. I'm not the one you should be apologizing to, I said. You should be talking to Mary Kate. I started to walk away, but then I turned around. I don't think you're a bad guy. It's just Mary Kate's my sister. The bell rang and I rushed out of the classroom eager to get away from Jake. I couldn't believe I just laced into him like that. I hope it works, I thought. I hope I didn't just make things worse for Mary Kate. So ready for your final spin before the big test, Ben asked. I just had to walk out of school on Monday afternoon and I was totally surprised to see Ben standing outside. He didn't even go to our school. What are you doing here? I asked with a laugh. I figured we could go to our lesson together, Ben said. I mean, this is a special occasion when you think about it. It is, I said. Ben nodded. This is the last time we'll ever see Miss Junger again. Our life's going to be so empty without her telling us to check our mirrors. Yeah, I don't know how I'll handle it, I joked as we fell into the step beside each other. Mary-Kate's words from our conversation the night before suddenly came back to me. If you really think you don't like Ben the way you should, tell him. And you should tell him soon before he gets more attached to you. I looked over at Ben. Should I tell him now? But that would be awkward. We were going to driver's ed together. We'd have to sit in the same car for an hour. But there wasn't going to be a good time. If I didn't tell him soon, we'd end up going to my sweet 16 together and then he might even get more attached to me. I sighed. Why had it been so easy for me to be honest with Jake earlier? And why was it impossible for me to be up front with Ben now? Since this is our last lesson, I thought we'd practice some specific skills for the test, Miss Junger said as Janine, Ben, and I stood outside Columbus High School on Monday afternoon. She glanced my way. Ashley, why don't you go first? 
because I don't want to, I thought as I got behind the wheel, because I'm completely afraid of taking the test. Now, don't be nervous, Miss Junger instructed. Easy for her to say, I thought. Just remember everything you've already learned. Right, I said as I adjusted the rearview mirror. Ben was sitting on the back seat. I caught his reflection in the mirror, and he gave me a big smile. That made me feel better. Okay, so where are we going? I asked Miss Junger. She glared at me. Nowhere unless you put on your seatbelt. Oh, whoops, sorry. I never forget that, I said as I quickly clicked the buckle. I guess you can't say never anymore, Miss Junger stated. If you make that mistake during your test, you'll fail without even driving away from the motor vehicle department. I know, I know, I said quickly. Sorry, I always put on my seatbelt whenever I get into anyone's car. So why did I have to forget now? Was it just the mention of the test that got me flustered? All right, we're ready. Please pull on pull on out and take us over to Hanover Street, Miss Junger said. You remember, you've practiced driving there before. I nodded and turned the key to the ignition. Hanover Street was a very quiet street, so it was a good place to work on, thir- on turns. I checked to make sure no cars were coming and pulled out onto the street. I waited at the stop sign, then took a left. I glanced over at Miss Junger to see how I was doing. Keep your eyes on the road at all times, she commanded. I am, I am, I insisted. Really, Ashley, have I taught you nothing, Miss Junger complained. Actually, you've taught us all a lot, Ben piped up from the back seat. I'm sure Ashley's just off to a slow start today. That's all. Hmm, Miss Jung grunted. And hey, slow starts are good. I mean, you taught us all to not jam on the gas pedal, right? Ben joked. Miss Junger let out a little snort that sounded slightly like a laugh. (coughs) I was really grateful for Ben coming to my rescue. He could even make Miss Junger laugh, which was amazing. I really do like him, I thought. He's a great guy. Maybe I won't break up with him. At least just not yet. I started to relax as we pulled onto Hanover Street and practiced my three-point turn. Now, if only Ben could be in the backseat when I had to take the test. Ashley, the curb, Miss Junger suddenly warned me. I braked just as the wheels tapped the curb. Sorry, I said. Don't apologize, Miss Junger coached me. Just relax and do it again. You're a good driver, Ashley. You can do it. I felt grateful that she wasn't yelling, but no matter what she said, I couldn't relax. My hands clutched the wheel as I started another turn. I couldn't help feeling that I wasn't ready for the test or my party or turning 16 at all. Chapter 12. The big day had finally arrived. Wednesday afternoon, my driving test. You can do it, Ashley. I chanted to myself all the way to the motor vehicle department. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. I was so nervous. I hardly remembered getting into the driver's seat. But somehow I must have buckled my seatbelt, checked my mirrors, started the car, and driven off with a motor vehicle officer next to me. Okay, Ashley. Take the next right turn available, he instructed. My hands were a little sweaty as I gripped the wheel more tightly. So far, I seemed to be doing okay. I hadn't made any major mistakes anyway. Miss Junger had told us the test would only take about five to ten minutes, so I couldn't have too much left to do. Now pull over under the big tree, the officer told me, and complete a three-point turn. I gulped. This is one of those parts of the test that I hated. 
But that was why I practiced it endlessly yesterday afternoon with mom and dad. Remember, Ashley, it's all just angles. I told myself as I turned the wheel to the left, I backed up carefully without hitting the curb, and then I turned the wheel again and completed the turn. Nice job, the officer said. Now proceed out to the street to the stoplight and take a left. Miss Junger's words came back to me. Just relax. You're a good driver, Ashley. You can do it. When we turned back into the motor vehicle office lot, the officer told me to park right in front. I carefully put the car in park and turned off the engine. There was a moment of total silence while the officer completed some paperwork. It felt like the longest two minutes of my entire life. Congratulations, Ashley. You passed, the officer finally said. He handed me a sheet of paper. Yes, I cheered. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I gave the officer a big hug. His face turned bright red. Um, you can take this inside and we'll finish up now. Or we can go ahead with your sister's test and complete the process when you're both done. Thanks. I'll wait, I said as I unclipped my seatbelt. When I got out of the car, Mary-Kate and Mom were waiting for me. I passed, I said in a whisper. Mary-Kate gave me a quick hug. That's so awesome. Your turn. Good luck, I told her. And remember, if I can do it, you can do it. I stared at the paper in my hand. I couldn't believe it. I actually had my driver's license. I was almost done with my driving test. I felt good behind the wheel, confident. Seeing Ashley pass the test had definitely helped. I had done everything right so far, or at least I thought I had. I'd obeyed all the street signs correctly. I'd parked on a hill. I'd backed up in the straight line and done a three-point turn. Okay, please turn right here into the parking lot, the officer said as he made a check mark on his clipboard. Check marks are good, I thought. That had, a, that had to mean I was doing some things right. I turned into the motor vehicle department lot. I was done. I had passed. We need to park this on the back, so please go past the Jeep, the officer said. Okay, I glanced over at the Jeep. It was red, just like Jake's Jeep. I looked more closely. Wait a second. It was Jake. The door opened and Jake climbed out. What is he doing here, I wondered, glancing at him in the rearview mirror. Watch it, the officer said, as I plowed into an orange pylon cone set up for a motorcycle test. Sorry, I said, jerking the wheel to the left. I ran over another cone and slammed on the brakes. There was a loud screech. The officer cleared his throat. <clears> throat> okay, that'll be enough. I'm sorry, I said. I just got distracted. See, I know the guy, so I'm really sorry. I, I don't drive like this usually, and the officer shook his head. I'm sorry. This test is over. If you'd please just pull over there and park, we'll go inside and we can talk about our retest. He made some more notes on his clipboard. Retest, I yelped. I'm sorry, the officer said as I quietly parked the car. But you failed the test. My heart sank as I got out of the car. Well, Ashley asked, jogging over to me. I shook my head. What? You didn't pass, she asked. No. Didn't you see how we took out those cones, I asked? It was awful. Maybe so, but your day is taking a turn for the better, Ashley said. She pointed to the left. I turned and saw Jake walking towards us. My stomach jolted. I strained to see if he was smiling or frowning. Was he glad to see me? What are you doing here, I asked him. He's smiling. I realize now that he stood in front of me. Mary-Kate... 
You wrote in my day planner in all caps, Jake said. Four o'clock. Mary-Kate and Ashley get their license. And I think there's Yahoo on there, too, he glanced at Ashley and smiled. My stomach was full of butterflies. It was the old Jake. The nice Jake. What was going on? I know you probably have to get going, but could you come sit down with me for a second, Jake asked. Um, I glanced over at Ashley, who was for some reason looked like she knew more than she thought, she, more than she was letting on. I have to go in and do all the paperwork, Ashley said. Mom and I will meet you inside. Yes, don't forget, you'll need to come in too, the officer said to me, to reschedule another test. Okay, I'll be there in two minutes, I promised. Another test, Jake asked. I grimaced. I failed. Can you believe it? Well, I did see the way you moved down those cones, Jake laughed. It was kind of ugly. It's all your fault. I was passing until I spotted you, I said. Sorry, but you know what? I failed my driving test the first time, too, Jake said with a grin. Really? No way. You're such a good driver. Now I am, but on that day, forget it. I was so hyper that I made about five mistakes. Jake led me to a bench outside the brick building. Just reschedule the test. You'll do fine next time. We sat down. I'll try to be quick so I don't hold you up too long. He turned to me and put his hand over mine. I'm really sorry for the way I've been acting. I bit my lip, waiting for him to go on. The reason I was so mad is that I thought you came up with the all-girl party idea as an excuse not to invite me, Jake said. I thought you didn't want me there. I nearly fell off the bench. What? Why wouldn't I? I don't know. It's the only thing that made sense to me, Jake said. But someone explained that I was wrong. Really, I said. It was just a huge mix-up all along, Jake said. You were trying to be... You were trying to change the party because you wanted me to be there. Not the other way around. That's what I tried to tell you, I said. But you won't listen. Jake nodded. I know. It really hurt my feelings that you didn't believe me, I confessed. Why would I lie about something like that? Why would I lie to you at all? I wouldn't. I know. I mean, I realize that now, Jake said, and I'm sorry. He squeezed my hand. Do you think you could maybe think about, you know, getting back together? I was dying to get back together with him. But after all he'd put me through, I figured he could sweat a little. I'll think about it, I said. Oh, he stared down at our hands. A look of sadness spread across his face. For how long? Um, about five seconds, I replied. Yes, Jake, I would love to get back together with you. Really, Jake asked? I nodded. Jake leaned closer and kissed me. I kissed him back, my heart leaping with excitement. A few people walking into the motor vehicle office stopped and glanced over at us, but I didn't care. Finally, I was back together with Jake. Wow, I said, shooting closer to Jake. What made you come here today and tell me this? Well, I talked to Ashley yesterday. Actually, she talked. I listened, Jake said. You know, I think it's been more than two minutes. We'd better go inside. We went into the building while Jake went over to Mom and Ashley. I checked in with the clerk at the desk and told them I wanted to reschedule. Ashley was standing behind the little blue line and smiling for a picture. I was so jealous. I'd even take a horrible photo on my license as long as I got one.
let's see. The next possible date is the clerk checked his computer. June 13th. June 13th, our birthday and the day of the party. I stared at him. No way. Aren't there any other openings? He shook his head. Nope, not until the middle of July. The middle of July? That was eons away. Okay, I'll take it, I said. I glanced over at my shoulder at Jake, who was talking with Ashley and Mom. If Jake could pass the test on the second try, then so could I. Besides, now that we were back together, I felt like anything was possible. Even finding the perfect place for our super sweet 16 in the next eight days. Chapter 13. An hour after passing my driving test, I was cruising down the highway with the radio on and a smile on my face. Mom let me drive us home in the Volvo. Right now, she was on her cell phone with Dad. She had called to give him the good and not-so-good news about our tests. There was nothing like the feeling of being behind the wheel and knowing exactly what I was doing. Why I had worried so much about the driver's test? (laughs) I passed with flying colors. I couldn't believe Mary-Kate hadn't. I glanced at the rear-view mirror. Mary-Kate was sitting at the back seat, gazing out the window with a sort of dreamy smile on her face. She didn't seem to care about the test now that she was back with Jake. I looked at the road ahead of me. I realized that I'd missed seeing Mary-Kate so happy. I was just so glad I had a tiny bit to do with it. Excuse me, Ashley, Mom said. I don't mean to criticize you, but, um, what? Am I going too fast? I quickly checked the speedometer. No, I'm going 30. That's the speed limit. It's not that, Mom said. Did I miss a sign? Am I swerving, I asked. Honey, all I want to ask is, where are we? I wasn't paying attention to where we were going because I was talking to your father, but I don't recognize this area at all. Mom peered out the front window. Mom, this is Oceanside Drive, I said. We take this road almost every day. Yes, but we don't live in this direction. You're going south. We need to go north. Oh, So maybe driving and navigating was a bit too much for me on my first day as an official driver. Oops. Why don't you pull over at the next scenic viewpoint? And we'll turn around there, Mom suggested with a wry smile. I promise not to get distracted by any more phone calls. How did I do that? I mean, I've been on this road a hundred thousand times, I complained. Well, it's not like any of us were paying attention. You were too busy having fun driving. I was talking and Mary-Kate... Mom glanced over the back of her seat. She turned back to me. I don't think she's with us, if you know what I mean. She's on planet Jake, I said knowingly. A few minutes later, I spotted a sign and signaled before turning into it. I pulled into the small parking lot and made a slow, gentle curve to the point of the opposite direction. Wait, Mary-Kate suddenly yelled, Stop the car! I slammed on the brakes, thinking I was about to run into something. Well, now I asked, what is it? A dog? A cat? Mom looked frantically around the small parking lot. No, it's the house, Mary-Kate cried. I tried to follow Mary-Kate's finger to see where she was pointing, but it was a bad angle. The house was behind us to the right, perched on a rocky cliff over the ocean. Why don't we pull up and park, Mom suggested to me. We can get out and stretch our legs and check out this place. I had barely put on the car, put the car in park when Mary Kate flung her door open and raced towards the large white house. There's a sign out front. Ashley, come on. I didn't realize 
which she was so excited about until I followed her to the house. Then I saw it. The sign. For rent. Available for photo sheets and special occasions. Call for information. Wouldn't this be the best place for our party, Mary-Kate asked me. It's big enough, it's very glamorous, and it's on the beach, practically with a gorgeous view, like we promised in our invitations. You're right, I said as we wandered around the front lawn. This place would be awesome for our party. I agree, Mom said. You do, I asked. She nodded. The house is beautiful, and the setting is perfect. Imagine the photos you could get. Besides that, all of your guests would be very impressed. Then can I borrow your cell to call Wilson and see what he thinks, Mary-Kate asked excitedly. Sure, hold on, and I'll get it for you, Mom offered. She jogged over to the car, which gave me and Mary-Kate another minute to stand and admire the house. It was the best location we'd seen by far. I hoped it wouldn't be out of our price range, and I hoped it would be available eight days from now. Here you go, Mom handed her cell phone to me. Wilson's number is programmed. I dialed. Then Mary-Kate leaned against my shoulder, and we both pressed an ear to the phone. We waited a few seconds for the call to go through. After it rang twice, Wilson answered. Hello, Olsons, he said cheerfully. I was supposed to call you today. I knew something slipped my mind. I'm sorry. I'm down here in the Bahamas. What's up? Wilson was calling because we're standing outside the place where we've decided to have our party, Mary-Kate announced. Pizza Pals? No, Mary-Kate and I both said at once. Wilson laughed. Okay, then, where are you? We're standing on Oceanside Drive. We just passed this gorgeous house. It's perched onto the cliff above the ocean, I said. There's a sign here that's saying that the house can be rented. Hmm, it sounds wonderful. I think I may know that house, Wilson said. Is there an address on it? Hmm, let's see. We walked closer to the house on it. I could read the numbers by the door. It's 14375 Oceanside. Sounds familiar. What's the phone number listed? I'll cross-check it in my database, William Wilson said. I read off the phone number from the sign. A few seconds later, Wilson laughed. <laughs> Sorry, guys, it's not available. The owner allows only certain kinds of events there, and I know for a fact their policy is not to rent it out for any kids' events, ever. But we're not kids, Mary Kate protested. We're almost 16. I know that, but I tried to rent it before. She said nobody under 21, Wilson said. I'm so sorry, guys. You're right. It would be an awesome location. Oh, no, I've got to run, but I'll call you later. We'll get this information solved. I promise. I turned to Mary-Kate and I clicked off the phone. Well, so much for that idea. Wait a minute. If she'll rent only to people 21 and over, Mary-Kate tapped her chin as she stepped back to look at the house. She glanced over at Mom who is sitting on the car's bumper. Then we'll just have to be 21. Do I look 21? I asked Ashley as I walked into her bedroom right before dinner. I twirled around in my faded jeans, hooded sweater, and untied sneakers. I figured we should call the owner of that house right away to let her know that we're interested. Good idea, Ashley agreed. You don't look 21, but maybe you sound 21. She handed me the slip of paper with the house address and the owner's phone number on it. I quickly dialed, anxious to get over, anxious to get it over with. If she said yes, great. If she said no, we needed to get back to plan B, or rather, plan pizza pals. I shuddered at the thought. Hello, Mackenzie Realty Holdings. This is Bridget Mackenzie, a cheerful voice answered. 
Hi, I said, I'm calling because my sister and I are interested in renting a house we saw, and the number was just listed on the sign, 1437 5 Oceanside. Yes, that's one of our properties. Oh, good. Well, we were wondering if the building would be available next Thursday, June 13th, I said. What would you be using it for, she asked. It's our birthday party, I said. At least that much was true. We're turning 21, and we've been looking for the perfect place to have a big party. We already have all the music and the catering lined up, but our parents would be there too. Ashley shook her head. Don't talk about our parents, she whispered. It makes us sound too young. I shrugged. Too late, I mouthed. Let's see, I just need a little more information, the woman said. Did you want the house for the entire day? Late afternoon and evening, I said. Okay, well, you're in luck. It looks as though the house isn't booked for that day. Great, I exclaimed. However, I'll need to meet all the renters in person before I let them use the space. So if you don't mind, could you and your sister meet me at the building tomorrow afternoon, say 3 o'clock? Pretending to be 21 over the phone was one thing, but convincing someone in person? I bit my lip, wondering if we could pull, pull it off, and then I realized if we didn't go after this, we'd be stuck at Pizza Pals for sure. Yes, 3 o'clock would be perfect, I told her. Thanks so much. A minute later, I hung up the phone with a smile. Done. Are you kidding, Ashley cried. You mean we have the place? Yep, I replied. There's just one little thing we have to do first. It's so awesome that we both got our driver's licenses. I, t I told you that that would be fine, didn't I? Ben and I look took a seat at a black wire table at the ice cream shop later that evening. Yeah, but I didn't believe you, I said. You just needed to focus, which was probably a lot easier to do with me in the car to distract you, right? Ben joked. Right. That must have been it, I smiled. Come on, Ashley, I thought. If you can confront Jake and Penna in the middle of school hallway, you can do this. Ben, I have to tell you something, I began. I was so nervous that my hands were shaking, so I set my dish of ice cream on the table. And it's kind of hard to, for me to say, so I hope I don't mess it up or hurt your feelings. I know what you're going to say, Ben said. You really miss our driving lessons. <laughs> I smiled. Not exactly. You don't really like mint chocolate chip, right? It's okay. You can tell me. I, I can take it. Ben joked. Why was I being so funny? Why was he being so funny and cute? It was making this so hard. Actually, it's about us, I said, looking down at the table. I was thinking that maybe we should be just friends. Ben didn't say anything for a minute, and I finally got the nerve to look up at him. He was actually almost smiling. Yeah, you know, I was thinking the same thing. What? You were, I asked? Here I was uh, agonizing over breaking the news to him, and it turns out that this wasn't news at all. Ashley, I think you're great. You're so nice and pretty and fun to be around, but, um, no sparks, I guessed. He nodded. No sparks, which is a good thing because those can really cause eye injuries. I laughed. So weren't you ever going to say anything? Sure, I just didn't want to say it before your Sweet Sixteen party. I know it means a lot to you, and if you were counting on me to be your date, I didn't want to let you down. Ben licked his ice cream cone. I sat there and took a bite of my sundae. I couldn't help feeling momentarily stunned. Here I'd been afraid to tell Ben I didn't like him as a boyfriend, and he'd been worried about telling me that he didn't want to, 
want me as his girlfriend. So it was true. We weren't really a good match. Even though I knew it was stupid, I couldn't help feeling a little insulted. Shouldn't Ben be heartbroken about our breakup? Then again, he was still cool and good looking and funny. There wasn't anything wrong with him. We just didn't click the way that a boyfriend or girlfriend are supposed to. I was glad we'd both decided to be honest with each other. There was just one thing, though. Ben, I still really like you as a friend. So if it's okay with you, would you still come to our Sweet 16 as my sort of date? Are you kidding me, Ben asked. I held my breath. Had I said the wrong thing? Then he grinned. I would not miss the party for the world. Your emails have been... Has, have everyone totally intrigued. You know, Ashley, you can tell me. Where's it going to be? What's this mystery location? You'll just have to wait and see, I said. And so will I, I thought. It was either a gorgeous mansion by the ocean or a kid's restaurant with a dinosaur out front. Tomorrow is the day, I thought. Tomorrow we'll find out if we're having the party of our dreams or a a Pizza Pals Nightmare. Chapter 14. I still can't believe you agreed to do this, I said to Mary Kate. I tried not to wobble in my high-heeled pumps as I walked to the sidewalk of the giant white house on Thursday afternoon. I was wearing one of Mom's dresses, stockings and pumps. Mary Kate was wearing a blazer and, a, and black pants. She actually told Bridget McKenzie we'd be coming from work. <laughs> we'd done everything we could to think of to look as to look older than we were. This is it, Ashley, Mary Kate said as we walked up to the steps of the porch. If we can't get this settled today, we have to call Pizza Pals and confirm our reservation for Pals Party Room. If that doesn't motivate you, I don't know what will. Don't worry. I'm motivated, I said. I knocked on the front door of the house, and a tall woman with long red hair immediately came to open it. Hello, she said. Are you here to discuss the rental? Yes, I am, I said. I'm Ashley Olson, and this is Mary Kate. You must be Miss Mackenzie. Please call me Bridget, she narrowed her eyes at us for a second. Come in, Bridget stepped back to let us into the house. Thank you. I walked in and nearly gasped as I glimpsed at the house's interior. Three picture windows inside by, by side gave a picture-perfect romantic view of the ocean. There were separate living rooms where people could hang out and talk and a big open floor space with a high ceiling that would be a perfect dance floor. Bridget gestured for us to take a seat on the sofa in the large room. I noticed Bridget's examining me carefully. So we're desperately hoping we can rent this gorgeous house for our birthday party, I began. We drove past this house the other day and it just looked, it just took my breath away. When we saw your sign, naturally, we were thrilled. Yes, most people are, Bridget said. This house has been in my family for quite some time, so as you can imagine, I'm very protective of it. Very, she insisted. Oh, I understand. Completely, I agreed. So you mentioned your birthday party, and you girls are going to be how old, Bridget asked. 21, Mary-Kate said, sounding unsure of herself. I cleared my throat. throat) 21, I said with a little more force. Really? That's exciting, Bridget said with a polite smile. 
Oh, yeah, 21. We're hitting the big time, Mary-Kate said. Getting old. Moving away from home. You still live at home, Bridget asked. Yes, I stammered. Why did I feel like we were saying all the wrong things? I thought she'd be off on her own by now. Didn't you say something about coming here from work, Bridget asked? Uh, yes, Mary-Kate answered. Summer jobs, internships, really. Oh, Bridget said, so you're in college. College, of course, Mary-Kate said. We're there all the time, constantly. We we love college. We just live at home to uh, save money, I added. Classes and books and all, very pricey. Right, that can add up. Bridget leaned back and looked for, looked from me to Mary-Kate and back again. Do you girls go to the same college? Yes, I said. Which one, Bridget asked. UCLA, Mary-Kate said. USC, I said at the same time. Bridget raised an eyebrow. I thought I saw a slight smile play across her lips. I laughed nervously. Well, see, we take some classes at UCLA and some at USC, Mary-Kate added. Bridget smiled. So where are the two of you majoring in? Uh, I mumbled. We're majoring in, um, science, Mary-Kate said. Science! That's kind of vague, isn't it, Bridget said. Which science exactly? I was sitting there, racking my brain for an answer. Biology, chemistry, astrology, engineering. What sounded right? What sounded grown up? Suddenly, I couldn't take it anymore. Mary-Kate and I didn't like to lie like this. I felt really awful about trying to pull this off. I blinked back to the tears that were welling up in my eyes. I'm sorry, I said, getting to my feet. I can't do this, Mary-Kate. Mary-Kate hung her head. I know, neither can I. Girls, what's going on here? Bridget asked. Miss Mackenzie, we've wasted your time. None of this is true. We don't go to college. We just really, really wanted to have our sweet 16 party in this house, I explained. So we came here pretending to be 21, but we're really not. Mary-Kate finished for me. We didn't want to lie, but we just, well, we're desperate. I tried to muffle a sob, but it didn't help. A tear slid down my cheek. I rummaged through my bag of tissue and blew my nose. I don't know what I'm telling you this. None of it is your problem, I sniffled. We'll go now. Sorry. Mary-Kate sighed. I'm sorry, too. This was really stupid of us. Thanks for meeting with us anyway. She put her arm around me. It's okay, Ashley, she whispered. Together we headed for the door. I couldn't get it out. I couldn't get out there fast enough. We crossed the porch and sat down in the front steps. A few more fat, warm tears spilled down my face. Pizza pals won't be that bad, I said, trying to convince myself as much as Mary-Kate. Wilson can put up some beach mural on the wall and we can play a CD of ocean sounds until the DJ starts, right? Right, Mary-Kate agreed. And we have a really good DJ. So, you know, it'll all be fine. Yeah, I sighed. Just fine. The door opened behind us. Bridget stepped onto the porch. Girls, come inside and let's talk. I think I may be able to help you after all. I stared up at her. Really? You're kidding, right? Mary-Kate said. She smiled. No, I'm not kidding. A million thoughts raced through my mind as we walked into the house. Was Bridget really going to let us use her place? Why? What had changed her mind? First, I should tell you that it wasn't cool that you lied to me. But at the same time, I admire your guts, Bridget said with a smile. You girls have a lot of ambition. And if you tell me you're just a little 
bit more about your party and what it'll be like, maybe I'll give you my approval. I nodded, sat up straight, and cleared my throat. Okay, first we want to apologize again for trying to fool you. We're really, really sorry. Then I quickly described the party, who was coming and how our parents would be there to chaperone. We promise it's going to be a fun party, but not wild, out-of-control party, Mary-Kate added. We're going to have dinner, dancing with a DJ and a big birthday cake, and that's all. What do you mean, that's it, Bridget laughed. Sounds pretty fun to me. Maybe you'd like to come, I offered. Bridget sniffled. Maybe, I'll have to check my schedule. Now here's a list of your daily rates for renting the house. She handed a brochure to Mary-Kate. Ashley's eyes widened as she skimmed the brochure. Uh-oh, I thought. My heart sank, as Mary-Kate said. I'm not sure we can afford this. We have a budget, and we just can't go over it. Hmm. Well, we do have a special rates for USC students, Bridget winked at us. What if we cut the rate to $100 flat? Really, I asked. Bridget shrugged. Sure. No way. You normally get thousands of dollars for this place. You're being too nice, Mary-Kate said, looking guilty. We don't deserve this. Let's just say I have my own reasons for helping you girls out. I mean, I was your age not that long ago, Bridget said. I know how important it is to have big events work out the way you want them to. If you didn't have the party here, where were you going to have it? Pizza Pals. You know that kid's restaurant on Highway 12 where they have a roller skating waiters and clowns, I said. Bridget started to laugh. Do you think I could let that happen? You know, this is a very funny coincidence. When it was time for my high school graduation party, my parents decided that they would plan the entire thing. I kept trying to tell them what I wanted to do. But no, they rented out a pizza parlor and hired a cheesy magician. She she shuddered. Do you have any idea how long it took to live that down? I giggled. I'm so sorry. (laughs) That's awful. Tell me about it, Bridget said. So I thought... We're all set here. You can get in touch with your caterers. They'll want to know where to bring the food, and they may need to speak to me about arrangements. Which caterers are you using? Menu by Margot, Mary-Kate said. Oh, perfect. You don't want to disappoint, Bridget said. She's been here before, so she knows the setup. I'm going to go get myself a glass of water. Would you girls like some? Thanks. That would be great, I said. Can I help? Oh, no, I'll get it, Bridget said. You just call Margot and I'll be right back. Wow, she is so nice. This is working out perfectly, Mary-Kate said. Once Bridget had left the room, Ashley, how did we ever pull this off? All it took was hard work, dedication, and about a ton of luck, I admitted. Now there are only two things left to stress about, Mary-Kate said. My driving task and the actual day of the party. Chapter 15. What color should we pick? I asked Mary-Kate. We were standing by the wedge-shaped nail polish display at Salon 21 on our birthday. There had been a hundred colors to choose from. Here's the question. What looks perfect for our birthday and matches our dresses and will show up nicely in pictures? Mary-Kate's eyes sparkled with excitement as she studied the different colors. I know how she felt. This was the most thrilling day of our lives, so far anyway. It was hard to focus on nail polish. If I were you, Mom said, I'd go with something that picks up your dress. 
which would be... Her fingers skimmed the top of several bottles, searching for the right shade. Aha! Here it is. She lifted a bottle of rich royal blue-black with sparkly silver flecks mixed into it. Night magic. I love it, I said. What about you, Mary-Kate? The little sparkles in it will, will catch the light. Mary-Kate observed as she held up the bottle. Let's do it, Mom. Thanks, Mom. She handed the bottle to the manicurist who was politely waiting for us. Night magic it is, she said. Everyone can use a little night magic, right? You go first, Mary-Kate said to me. Actually, we can take both of you at once, the manicurist said. She gestured to another table where a different manicurist was sitting. Thanks, that's great. I pulled my hand over my mouth as I yawned. Sorry, I was so excited about today that I couldn't sleep last night, I told the manicurist as I sat down. Neither could I, Mary-Kate said, sitting at the table next over. I keep worrying about taking my driving test, and if the DJ will play the songs requested, and if everyone who says they're coming will actually show up, and if they'll like the party, and if it'll rain. What? It almost never rains here, I laughed. And you almost never worry that much. What can I say? Turning 16 has changed me dramatically, Mary-Kate joked. Yeah, right, I said as the manicurist rubbed a lotion into my hands. Sure it has. Being pampered like this wasn't something that happened very often. I was totally loving it. First, Mom and Dad had woken us up by bringing us breakfast in bed, complete with fresh strawberries and whipped cream, Dad's famous French toast and cappuccinos. They'd both taken the day off from work to spend with us, and we'd all gone for a walk on the beach together. When we got home, we had at least 10 birthday voicemail messages waiting for us from Brittany, Lauren, Jake, Ben, and some other friends. The day was perfect so far, and it could only get better. You know what? While you're doing this, I'll go get you two something to drink, Ma said. I'll be back in 20 minutes or so, okay? That's so nice, I told her. Thanks. Any idea what your mom's giving you for your birthdays? The manicurist working on Mary-Kate's nails asked. Mary-Kate glanced over at me, and we both shrugged. No idea, we said at the same time. Whatever it is, they're saving it for our party tonight, I said. Unless the gift was our party, as I kept insisting. What do you think, Mary-Kate? Will this work for you? Sonia, the hairstylist, swirled my chair and held a mirror up behind my head to show me her work. My eyes lit up as I saw the detailed weaving of my hair into smooth, sophisticated style. In the front, a few tendrils of my long blonde hair curled as they fell against my cheeks. After our manicurist, we'd had our makeup done by the beauty artist at the salon. I hardly recognized myself in the mirror. I mean, I couldn't remember the last time I looked so put together. And we didn't even have our killer dresses, accessories, and shoes on yet. It looks incredible. You're amazing, I told Sonia. How did you do it? I glanced over at Ashley, who was sitting next to me and having her styled by Reuben, the salon owner. Ashley, what do you think? I swirled around in my chair to show the complete look. Wow, she said. Nice work, Sonia, Reuben said with admiration. One of your best. Tell you what, when we both finish, let's take a picture of Mary-Kate and Ashley for our book. Your book? I asked as Sonia unclipped the cape around my shoulders and brushed a few stray hairs off my collar. We keep a photo book of our clients, Reuben explained, so we can show off our best work. Not that we had that much to do with it. You girls are naturally beautiful. (gasps) 
Oh, my God. I got out of the chair and shook out my arms to stretch a bit. Did you see me when I walked into this place? I hardly slept last night and I looked like a zombie. But a zombie with potential, Ashley joked, smiling at me. Right, we'd love to be in your book, I said. So when Ashley's done, you can take our picture. I glanced at the clock to see how we were doing on time. I gulped. Uh Uh-oh, Ashley, my driving test is in an hour. Then you'd better get going, Ashley said. Wait a minute. You did all this for driving tests, Ruben joked. It's a long story, I said. I hurried over to Mom, who was reading a book in the reading area. Mom, we have to get going to the motor vehicle department. What? Sorry, I got completely caught up in the story. She got from her feet and studied me for a moment. Mary-Kate, you look beautiful. More beautiful than usual, that is. I laughed. Do you think I could come here every week? We quickly stopped to say goodbye to Ashley. I wouldn't see her until we met at the house just before the party. Good luck on your test. I know you can do it, Mary-Kate, she said. Thanks. I grabbed my bag. Come on, Mom. Don't worry, honey. Dad will be there to pick you up to cover the bill and take you home to change, Mom told Ashley. I leaned over and squeezed her hand. See you later. And don't worry, I'll be there on time. Thanks, everyone. I called over my shoulder as we dashed out the door. Two minutes later, Mom and I were completely stuck in traffic. We weren't moving at all. We'd never make it on time to the test and have time to get home for me to change into my dress. Mom, if we take this test, this next exit and drive on the back roads instead, won't that take us right past our house? I asked. I stared out the window at the endless line of cars and trucks ahead of us. Well, I suppose, yes, she said. And if we did that, couldn't I run in and get the dress and then go to the driving test, I asked. Hmm, I don't know, she glanced at the clock at the Volvo's dashboard. It's about ten minutes to our house if we jump off here. And we could get to the motor vehicle place on the back roads, too, which wouldn't have this major traffic jam, I reasoned. Sounds like a plan to me, except can you get dressed in ten minutes? Mom, for this I can get dressed in five, I said. Of course I might have my shoes on the wrong feet, I thought, but I could always fix that later. I slid into the driver's seat and clipped the seatbelt around me, careful not to wrinkle the fabric of my dress. Then I reached up to check the rear view and side mirrors. I wasn't making any mistakes today, not one. You're a little more formally dressed than you were last time, the motor vehicle officer said, giving me a curious look. Yes, I have a big party right after this. And it's my birthday, I said. I hoped he didn't think I'd dress up just for the test. (laughs) Well, happy birthday, he said in a formal tone. Now let's proceed to the test. I nodded and waited for his instructions. When I started the engine, I realized driving in heels wasn't going to be the same as driving in my usual shoes. But no problem. I could handle it. Before I checked over my shoulder, before pulling out of the parking space... A curled strand of hair fell in my face and blocked my vision. Oh, come on, I groaned. I blew the hair away from my eyes and pulled into the street. I squirmed in my seat a bit to make myself more comfortable. Ouch, I yelped. My skin was stuck to the vinyl seat because of my backless dress. Everything okay, the motor vehicle officer asked. Fine, just fine, I insisted. I pushed the stinging sensation out of my mind. Nothing would stop me from passing the test today. 
Suddenly, another cold, another car pulled into traffic from a side street right in front of us. I backed off the accelerator and slowed down, avoiding the car. Nicely done, the officer said. You reacted very well. I heaved a sigh of relief as he proceeded to a stoplight. I waited until we had the green turn arrow, then drove into the quiet street we'd used before, as instructed. I slowly made my three-point turn, being careful not to step on my long skirt as I worked the pedals. As I turned around from backing up, I caught a glimpse of my hair in the rearview mirror. So far, I hadn't made any mistakes, and I hadn't ruined my hair. So far, so good. You're doing much better today, the officer said, as we returned to the parking lot of the motor vehicle department. Don't blow it now, I told myself. Don't even look at any other cars or any other people. Not even mom. I slowly pulled into the spot, put the car in park, and shut off the motor. I glanced nervously at the officer's clipboard, holding my breath. He looked up at me. Congratulations, Mary Kate. You passed! But the best thing about taking your driver's test just moments before your sweet 16 is that you're pretty much guaranteed to take a great photo of your license. Okay, the official photographer said. Smile. He snapped the picture. I raced around to the monitor to check how I looked. I sighed. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. The photographer chuckled. We'll send you your photo license in about two months. You know, it's a little fancier than most people's pictures, but for you, it works. I grinned. Well, I worried I wouldn't look good, so I thought, you know, I'd dress up. He laughed. Really? Just for this? No, I have a big party to go to, I admitted. <laughs> so, am I done? You're done here, he said. Great, thanks a lot. I called as I ran outside to meet my mom. All finished, I told her. You know what? It was much easier the second time around. So, shall we head to the party? I held my arm up. Expecting mom to take it, she had changed all. She had changed at the house during our brief pit stop and was all dressed up for the big event. I'm sorry, Mary Kate. I can't drive you to the party, mom said. I stared at her and felt all the color drain out of my face. But mom, why? I have to get there. Ashley's going to freak out. We have to leave now. Mom shook her head. No, I have to leave now. I have a last minute errand to run. I protested, but, and besides, that nice-looking boy over there said that he could give you a lift. Mom pointed across the parking lot. I turned and spotted Jake striding towards us. He was wearing black chino pants, a blue button-down shirt, and a pattern tie. I had never seen him so dressed up before. He looked so handsome. It took my breath away. I couldn't think of what to say. Fortunately, that didn't last too long. I did it! I did it! I called as I ran towards him. He wrapped his arms around my waist and lifted me into the air. I squealed with happiness. All right, Jake cried. You passed! You passed! Thank you, he sat me down and hugged me tightly. Thank you for encouraging me to take the test again. You're welcome. Now come on, Mary Kate, he whispered in my ear. We have a party to get to. He took my hand and slipped his car keys into my palm. Really, I asked? You're going to let me drive? Of course. It's your birthday, isn't it? He put his arm around my waist as if we walked towards his car. So far, this was the most awesome birthday ever. And the party haven't, hadn't even start yet. Chapter 16. 
this is the last chapter of this surprisingly long book. When I walked up to the party with Jake, Ashley was standing on the front porch looking at her watch. What took you so long? She asked. I was starting to worry you wouldn't get here in time. Sorry, I was busy passing my driver's test, I replied. You passed, Ashley asked. Awesome, she gave me a high five. I stepped inside the house and glanced around. Ashley, this place looks amazing. I know, Ashley said excitedly, and everyone's starting to arrive. Can you believe our sweet 16 is actually here? About to happen, I asked. I can, Jake said. She talked about it the entire way over. He smiled at me. Hey, I think I'll go inside and see if there's anything your parents want me to do. You guys will be okay, right? I nodded. Thanks for letting me drive. Once Jake was inside, I grabbed Ashley's hand. Can you believe this day? Can it get any better? I think it's about to, Mary-Kate said as the DJ started to play some music. Can you see? Is everyone here? I asked Mary-Kate as she peered down the first floor from the top of the stairs. I hope so, she said. I didn't think many more people could, could fit in the door. Oh my gosh, I can smell the food cooking. It's the fajitas. Mary-Kate, my stomach is growling. Can't we go downstairs yet, I asked. How can you think about eating? My stomach's doing nervous flips, Mary-Kate said. Do you think everyone's going to have a good time? Do I look okay? You look great, I said. How about me? Perfect, Mary-Kate said. Then she turned to look around the stairway again. Mom and Dad are talking to the DJ. A few seconds later, the music stopped. I held my breath. Now I had butterflies in my stomach, too. This was it, our big introduction. Whatever you do, please, please, please do not let me trip down the stairs, I said to Mary-Kate. Here, take my hand, Mary-Kate said. Hello, everyone, and on behalf of Miss and Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Olson, I'd like to welcome you to Mary-Kate and Ashley's Sweet 16, the DJ said into the microphone. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce the birthday girls, the girls everyone is here to celebrate. May I present Ashley Olson and Mary-Kate Olson. He clicked on one of our favorite dance songs as Mary-Kate and I walked down the stairs together. Everyone was cheering and applauding and yelling as we descended the staircase. I was so happy. I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Isn't this incredible, I said to Mary-Kate, almost yelling to be heard above the crowd and the music. This place is packed, she said, and it's all for us. We could never have pulled this off if we didn't work together, I told her. Thanks for being the best sister in the world and my best friend. We hugged each other at the bottom of the stairs, then headed straight for the dance floor. Our sweet 16 was just the way that I had always imagined it, only better. Having fun, Jake asked as I put my hands on his shoulders. The DJ was playing the first slow song of the evening, and Jake and I were dancing together. I think I can say without exaggerating that this is the best night of my entire life, I told him, and it's partly because of you. Well, thanks, but I think your family gets most of the credit, Jake said. I know, I said, blushing. It's just really, I'm just really glad to share this with you. So am I. And if I haven't said this before, you look incredible tonight. He brushed my cheek with his fingers. 
You've said it a few times, but a few more times would be okay too, I said. Thanks. When the song ended, Jake and I headed over to the refreshment station to get some punch. When I turned around, I saw Dad standing at the microphone instead of the DJ. Attention, everyone! Can I please have your attention? We'd like to give Mary-Kate and Ashley their birthday presents now! Dad announced, if they wouldn't mind coming up here. Ashley and I walked forward, and Mom reached into a bag and took out two envelopes. She handed them to each of us. I reached into the envelope and pulled out a very official-looking piece of paper from the U.S. Treasury. What's this? A savings bond, Ashley said. She looked up at Mom and Dad and smiled. Gee, thanks. This is great. Yeah, thanks, I added. It was sort of boring present, but I didn't care. Not when our party was so great. You know what, Dad shook his head. This is stupid, but I left the paperwork that goes with your savings bonds out in the car. Would you two mind going outside to get it? Sure. Should we be right on the passenger side or above the glove box? Oh, okay, I said. Saving spawns, huh? Ashley mumbled as we headed outside. I guess that's why we never found anything in our present hunt. I mean, they're pretty thin, so hard to, so easy to hide. Ashley, look, I cried. There in the parking lot, there in the parking lot, in the closest spot where Dad's car had been parked when I showed up, was a vintage pink Ford Mustang convertible. There was a huge red bow on the hood with a poster-sized card that said, Happy Sweet Sixteen, Ashley and Mary-Kate. What? Is that for us? Ashley squealed. Together, we started to race over to the Mustang. Of course it's for you, Mom said. I turned around and realized Mom and Dad had come outside behind us, and so had every single guest at the party. All of our friends were crowded to the, into the porch and the front steps. Like we'd really get you something bo- some boring old savings bond for your sweet 16, Dad said. He tossed me his set of keys. Happy birthday. Someone started to cheer and clap as Ashley and I opened the Mustang's doors and jumped into the car. This is so awesome, I said. Can you imagine us driving around town in this? No wonder we couldn't find our present in the house. We'll take turns driving, Ashley said. Where should we go first? I leaned on the horn and waved at the party crowd. Thanks, Mom and Dad. We jumped out of the car and ran over to hug our parents. This is the most generous gift ever. Thank you so much, I said as I hugged Mom. Thanks, Dad. How did you know we wanted a Mustang, Ashley said. Doesn't everyone know, Dad joked. But there's something else. Only we need to talk to you about it in private, if that's okay. I glanced at Ashley. This sounded even more intriguing than the car. Sure thing. You guys go back inside and get dancing. We'll be there in just a second to cut the birthday cake, okay? I called into everyone. Don't take too long, Brittany Brittany yelled. We want a cake. We want a cake, a couple of guys chanted as everyone drifted back into the house. What was so important that you needed to talk to us in private? Ashley asked as we perched on the front steps. You know the big summer music festival I've been organizing, Dad said, with some of your favorite bands? I nodded eagerly. Of course. Well, you're 16 now, and that means you can try new things, take on new adventures, Mom said. Right, Ashley glanced at me to see if I knew where this was headed. I've arranged jobs for both of you this summer, Dad finally said, working at the music festival. What? 
Ashley and I both screamed. It's not as glamorous as it sounds, Dad said. You'll be working very, very hard with long hours doing setup and selling t-shirts and the things like that. And you'll be paid. And when you're finished with whatever you're doing, you'll get to see the bands perform. And hanging out day after day around the bands means you'll meet some of the musicians. Dad, thank you so much. Working at the festival sounds incredible, Ashley said. You guys are way too generous. You've given us this given us this great party, plus the car, plus gotten us these jobs. I looked at both my parents and smiled. This has been the most amazing party, the best night of our life, and now this summer is going to be even more exciting. Ashley looked at me and smiled. I can't wait to hit the road. End of book. Wow. There's a lot to unpack there, and I don't even know where to start. Um, I really need to digest that book, and I will, yeah, I just really need to digest. I Yeah, that, that book was um, pretty intense, and hopefully I do an episode where I kind of talk about it. I definitely want to deconstruct that book. There's just so much to talk about. I, 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 this episode's long enough. I'm not going to bore you more if you've made it this far. I'm not going to, you know, this is a very long episode. The book was surprisingly long. Um, it is in 2002 book. That's all I'm going to say. A lot. I definitely have read that. It gave me a lot of memories. It just, it was, uh, it was a lot. Um, yeah, and there were typos in that um, that made it a little hard to read. Going back and forth between it being Mary Kate's perspective and Ashley's perspective with like no warning that it was going to change was very weird. So hopefully you followed that. Um, but yeah, please, you know, rate, review, subscribe, follow the Instagram, like the Facebook page, do all the things that you do. Um, I am going to be having a giveaway um, that I'm going to post about probably around the same time that I upload this episode. So look out for that. I'm going to start, I got my pins and I'm going to start giving away some pins and a shirt or two. So yeah, stay tuned for that. And, uh, happy birthday, Mary Kate and Ashley, just celebrate their birthday, do something fun, watch a movie. I'm having a party on Saturday. So if you live in Portland, hit me up. If you want to come to my Mary Kate and Ashley birthday. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening. If you're still listening and go eat some pizza. 